This podcast is brought to you by Mountain Dew Code Orange. It's the only citrus soda with nacho corn chips crushed up into it, resting at the bottom. Shake first, drink later. And the 22nd season of Family Guy. Holy crap, Lois. It's been 22 seasons. Hi, I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. And for our 10th anniversary episode... We're talking to you about Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball. Which is a sports game that was made for the Xbox in 2003. Right, right. And, and this game is noted not only for its uh, tight volleyball gameplay, but also for giving you, the player, the ability to dress these girls up in any number of demeaning bikinis or hair accessories. Any amount of skin that you want, you could show. Maxim gave it an honorable mention in its 2004 game roundup for being the game with the, quote, rudest titties. And those titties were rude. I mean, let me tell you how rude... Right, cool. I'm I'm not feeling this, man. I we we've dragged this on for a long time, you know. Well, Gary, listen. We you know we've got fans. You know we have to give them what they want. We have to keep the sponsors happy. I mean, we've gone through literally every other game, so we need to default to sex appeal. Do you have like a better plan? Because I mean, there's got to be some other games out there. I mean, we did Commodore. We did fucking Mario mm. Clash. I, if this is all that's left, I don't think I can do it. Well, you refuse to do Sonic R. So like. Mm. <sighs> Man, Cole, listen, the sponsors can go to hell. It used, it used to be about the games. It used to be about me and you. This whole setup can go to hell. I, I fucking quit. Good. You know what? Good. Fine, then. Go on. I'll stay here and enjoy this. You know, I'll talk about Dead or Alive all day long. <laughs> I won't go to hell. You go to hell. And don't watch out for fireballs. Fine. Oh, God. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> Due to a recording fuck-up on my end, um, my audio is going to sound just a little bit weird. I've done everything I possibly could to it, um, but it still might be just a bit jacked up. So I thank you for your patience. Um, It is listenable, but uh, yeah, patience. Thanks. Hi, this is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. This is a retro video games podcast. And this week we are talking to you about a bunch of things. Watch Out for Fireballs, a retro (laughs) video games podcast. And this week we're talking to you about Watch Out for Fireballs, a retro video games podcast. (laughs) Gary, you're in a loop. You're in a loop, Gary. (laughs) Gary, you're in a loop. Inception! Um, (laughs) Yeah. Inception base. Yeah, so this is our anniversary episode. Yeah. Is what, what I was talking about. And uh, for this, we've got uh, several different games we're talking about, different subjects. We've got some some viewer comments or listener comments we're going to sprinkle in. And, uh, yeah, we mostly just wanted to kind of do a, do a roundup and do something a little bit special to celebrate our birthday. So why don't we give you the uh, the 30,000-foot rundown of what we're going to be doing for you here. We have three main topics, and uh, I, I think we're going to leave some room at the end, uh, depending on what's left, um, for just kind of general stuff. Uh, but our first topic is going to be the bad game challenge, where Gary and I each picked 
a bad NES game and we had each other play it, you can also check these out on our uh, YouTube channel. We'll tell you about that a little bit later. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the next one? Uh, the next subject is uh, retro games. I never know how to pronounce that and not make it sound just like retro games. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, R-E-T-A or R-E-T-R-A-U-X. Uh, so fakey retro games. Yeah. Um, for this, we are going to talk about two games. Uh, the first one being Retro Games Challenge and the second one being Super Brothers colon Swords and Sorcery EP. And then after that, we're going to be talking about transient game experiences, which are games that we played in the past, but uh, due to their uh, online ephemeral nature, uh, we can never quite go back to the way they to the way they once were. So mm-hmm. uh, Gary brought uh, Team Fortress Classic, and I brought EverQuest. Yeah, absolutely, EverQuest One. Yeah, so thank you for that, Cole. Um, and you can also, I, I played a little bit of that and it's up on a, uh, on a YouTube as well on that channel. Um, in between, we're going to play some comments, uh, that have come in on our voicemail and, um, you know, just kind of talk in general, kind of break that up. So it's a little bit uh, looser and more free form, but, uh, let's, let's get to it. Um, let's talk a little bit about Bad Street Brawler. Um, so for the first game, um, on our, on our bad NES game challenge, we're talking about Bad Street Brawler, which, uh, was developed by Mindscape and published by Mattel, uh, for the NES in 1987. Um, it was one of only two games designed for the Power Glove on the NES. What, what was the first one? Was that, was that, uh, uh Powerball? Powerball, I think yeah. it's called, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was And thinking... not, not just that thing that makes, uh, people in New Jersey poor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also was a power glove game. Yeah, no, I was I was thinking Gyromite, but that was that was Rob. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> the computer versions of the game did not have this limitation, uh, though, although I understand they were still quite awful. Yes, yep. And in this game, you play as Duke Davis. Um, you are the world's coolest martial artist, and you are a former punk rocker. And you travel <laughs> these bad streets, uh, mostly just brawling around. Yeah. Um, that is the extent of your your backstory there. Yep. And it's, it's interesting that you look like Duke. Uh, your name is Duke Davis because you look like like Duke Nukem got sick. Like <laughs> <laughs> Duke, Duke Nukem has stage three something. Um. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's got his final notice from the Grim Reaper. He's got, you know, and he's he's just on his way out. It's... For a game about brawling, why would they make you so look like this? Like, Im- image search it, guys. Like, we'll put some pictures up where you can watch the video. Like, you look ridiculous. <laughs> you're you're wearing uh, the tightest tank top and the shortest shorts. Yeah, and both of which are the same color as your hair. Yes. Like you're you're just your two colors, three colors with your sunglasses. Yeah. But you, you are, and, and boots too, I think. I think your boots are the same color. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like some kind of, some kind of uniform. <laughs> like you're some kind of, some kind of, uh, some, you know, Czechoslovakian sport that we don't know about. <laughs> that you're a celebrity from, like the Czechoslovakian sport of like, you ball, know, ball. misery tossing. <laughs> misery ball, tossing. Ball, ball. <laughs> Is that what you said? Yes. Like ball, ball. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's Let's like go. you're a ball, ball player. Let's go play at the municipal ball, ball field. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and in this game, you, you walk to the right. Uh, we, each, each level starts off with a little training section. Um, Cole does a good job in his YouTube of, of kind of, I actually ended up skipping right past the, the first couple of those on accident, but Cole does a good job of showing those off. I, I apologize because I haven't seen your Let's Plays. Um, mm-hmm. whoops. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm sorry. But, uh, but yeah, these, uh, these, these training sessions are really important actually because, um, you only have two moves 
in any given stage. So you need to figure out what A and B do before you're plunged into a, a gauntlet full of uh, midgets with flails and gorillas. Yeah, you fight. So, so you you have different a different set of moves every every level. And my understanding is, if you have the power glove, uh, you have more moves. So that's what I, I believe to be the case. I am not totally certain that's true. But you, and if you're just playing with a controller, you have two moves, and A and a B. It's going to be some kind of kick and something you do with your hands generally. And uh, you just go to the right, um, fighting uh, dogs. Yeah, there um, are dogs little, there. Yeah. Yep, dogs. Well, you say circus midgets, but what they really are are like circuit strongmen that happen to be midgets. Because <laughs> they're not just like like a circus midget. I just think of like uh you but, know the the guy who the the guy on a uh, carnival who who leads things like that guy. You know, I don't think of. But these are little strongmen with little mustaches. They look like they should be wearing one piece bathing suits. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and with stripe with horizontal stripes. <laughs> on them. Doing calisthenics. Yeah. Yeah, like the little handlebar mustaches when they uh-huh. have little balls and chain with uh-huh. them. Yeah. Um, you fight a, uh, what did you, what did you call him in your, your video? Daniel Stern. He looks like Daniel Stern. Yeah. <laughs> he looks, yeah. he looks like the, the, like the, the lanky, hairy guy from, uh, from, from Home Alone, Joe Pesci's sidekick. That's, that's mm-hmm. what he looks like. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, which is, which is nuts. And he, he looks really strange too. And he's just hitting you with a, a, a truncheon. Yeah. Um, running forward. And it's really easy for him to stun lock you. Yep. You also occasionally fight gorillas mm-hmm. as well, and one kind of serves as an emboss. But yep. there's so little game to this piece of shit. Like, you just you just walk to the right, and then the enemies just come endlessly. You're kind of collecting weapons from them. Well, you're collecting evidence, is what you're doing. Oh, okay. because but you, then you later throw into a dumpster. Yep, exactly. So you, co- <laughs> so you collect the evidence, and you throw it away. It's almost, you're like Mike the Cleaner, and you're going around, like, they've all committed a crime for Heisenberg, and you're going around, like, setting it up. Or, you know, or making sure that they don't take the fall. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's the most bizarre, surreal thing. Like, I, like, what what made you suggest this? Just it's, it's like, it's notoriety? Did you have some kind of experience with it in the past? I, you know, I, I did. I had, um, so at some point in this weird, when I was younger, uh, and, it, you know, kind of a lousy time in my life, um, I lived, I had a super shitty stepdad I lived with, and, uh, not getting along with my parents or with my mom or with him and, uh, lived in this house. And I found out out of nowhere that on the opposite side of the block, these people who lived there were related to me. And it was a cousin and an aunt. And it was kind of this strange cousin and aunt. And it was kind of, it was kind of cool because all of a sudden I had this family around and, uh, you know, would see them. And I went over there and my cousin had these Nintendo games. I'd play Nintendo games. That's what you do when you're that age. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for some reason, and I have no explanation of this i have no root you know no no logic for this i decided to steal this game from him <laughs> so the only reason why i wanted a chance to to talk about it is because i knew at some point in my life i thought it was worth stealing from family to get a hold of that street <laughs> brawler i was like this is the good shit i need to get this home so i can play this literally anytime i want i can't wait for me to come over to cousin joey's house to fucking play bad street brawler Oh, I, so, so at some point, it's kind of like I'm, I'm discovering clues about my past. Like it's a little momentary where I'm just trying to figure out like what was different about me then that made me think that this was, you know, something I needed to have. Have, have you found any answers? Like, no, because like, no. I, I think if the, if it was like this and the and the Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt combination cartridge, I would have gone for the Super 
<laughs> for the combination <laughs> cartridge. Yeah, I would have gone for have two. field without a power pad. <laughs> I, you know, any number of thing, things more than this. I have, I have no clue. I just, uh, you know, I blocked out large portions of that part of my life, I guess. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's a sad part of my life. Uh, but mostly I just kind of thought of it as, as a bad game. Right. Uh, and I wanted a chance to play it again. The kind of the most notor- notable thing about this game. So after you do the first level, you throw away all your evidence yeah. uh, for no good reason. Um, in the second, you get kind of a famous move in the second one, which is supposed to be like a deep pantsing or a trip right. or something where you kind of like you grab somebody and you do a pull down pants motion. You don't pull down their pants, but you kind of just like tickle their ankles. The way that I, the way that I like saw it was that you're picking up their feet. Yeah, a little bit. But when you did you do it to any of the dogs? I did, and just like you see, like a little speech bubble pops up and says, "Good boy." Yeah, so, so you can kind of the second level of this game, you can run around rubbing dogs' bellies until they die, <laughs> yeah. and sometimes spit out bones. Like it's fucking insane. I don't. I, how far did you manage to get in the um, challenge? I got in, in in the challenge. Um, I got to the end of the train yard level. Um, hmm. and I was not a, I forget if that's, if that's three or four, I forget how many profound quotes I, I got, I got through before I got to that. But, um, I was walking past train cars that were marked Saiho, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is some kind of psychic, um, woman or, of Ill, Ill repute, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, she goes on psyops. Exactly. Uh, okay, Nick. Um, but, uh, but <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> okay, Nick, money first, <laughs> penicillin later. Um, but, but I, I, I got to, I got to the end boss of that, which is a, a dude dressed in all white who attacks you on a skateboard, but he's not riding it right. He's riding it like he rode those little scooters in gym class playing like scooter hockey. Yeah. He's like sitting on it. Yeah. Yeah. He's like on oh. his knees. A little guy. And he, he conquered you, eh? Oh yeah. 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 It's it just, just like us to do a, a chat, like call something like a game challenge. Where it's just implicit that we're not going to get past the second or third level. Oh God, yeah. Like we're just like we're we are like it's so uh, indicative uh, and so in character for us to just be like fuck this <laughs> like that quickly. Drop it. <laughs> like, yeah, definitely. I, like I I I I tried it a couple times. What you what you saw um, on the YouTube channel, which we should say like right now because if you're yeah. curious about any of these, go to um, YouTube.com/slash Watch Out for Fireballs. Mm-hmm. And you can find like video content that we're putting out. Yeah, it's something we, you know, we're going to talk to you about an announcement and everything like that uh, later. But just we'll do it now, where we because uh, it would be good to listen to it now um, or watch them now. Is that uh, that's something we got to kind of roll out for the show? Is having a video element to it? It's something I've wanted to do for a while, um, but just kind of got the technology and, and impulsively just like got to do it, you know, <laughs> and uh, decided to do it. And, and Cole also got that up. I had a, a tech friend, uh, Nick Glauber, help me out with that. So a big shout out to Nick. And um, Ben Cole uh, being a AV whiz on his own uh, has a thing. So now we are both capable of doing this. So expect to see more videos when we do things that we, you know, we're capable of. I can't stream things from my Xbox or from my Wii or anything like that. But if we do anything uh, emulated or anything on PC, um, I'll probably put up, you know, a 10 minute video of kind of first impressions. It's going to be great. But yeah. You can go there and check this out. Um, you, you know, like what, what you see in the Let's Play is the is the second of two attempts that I made. Hmm. Yeah, I went. I went through first lifting the kimono just a little bit. I went through first uh, thinking of my jokes, and then I went back and recorded it. Hmm. Um, <laughs> so that's my that, that that is my strongest effort. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it's good. I thought it was funny. Yeah. I, no, I meant getting through the game. Of course, I was going to yeah. be funny. But yeah. uh, but but you put you put a lot more effort into uh, into Time Lord than I put yes. into this. I I got three videos of Time Lord. Uh, to be fair, Time Lord is a harder game. I think. 
than Bad Street Brawler. Maybe not harder, but at least more complicated. Yeah. is a, a side-scrolling action-adventure game published by Rare, uh, developed by Rare, rather, and released by Milton Bradley um, for the NES in 1990. And in it, you play as the Time Lord, and you must travel through various time periods collecting time orbs to prevent some uh, undescribed awful thing from happening in the future. Yeah. Um, so this is the game that Cole gave me. Uh, before we go into it a little bit, tell me what made you think of this. <laughs> is it because I hate Donkey Kong Country? <laughs> No, like, don't like rare, do you? Here's them at their absolute worst. No, no, I, I I hate Donkey Kong Country too. Don't worry. Oh no, no, I know. I just okay. I was like, geez, don't you don't you don't throw that accusation <laughs> around. Much. Oh, you don't like having sex with Sonic, do you? <laughs> well, I'll just yeah. Sonic Greedy Dash. So this is a slow character assassination of Cole. <laughs> uh, not, not the case. No, this is uh this is a game from my childhood. Um. S- similarly to you, this this has its root in a stepdad, at least at least at least somewhere. Um, I was living living in a in a, in a trailer with my mom, my stepdad, and, and my brother. And my, my my stepdad got you know God bless him. Uh, he 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 saw fit to like buy NES games, you know, behind mom's mm-hmm. back. You know, you just like see something and pick it up and bring it back without having um permission to do so. Um, from from, from her, money was tight and all of those kind of things. Um, so he'd bring back like RBI baseball, like two and three and, you know, things like that. And just, I remember a huge deal being made about, Hey Cole, check this out. I've got time Lord. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's, that's, that's sweet. And I, and I sat down to play it and I was like, holy shit, this is in 3d <laughs> because you can move. Like I, I, I hadn't played double dragon up to that point. You know, this was 1991 and I was about four years old or so. And, mm. uh, and and so I hadn't played Double Dragon, so like moving up and down on a, on a, on a plane like that was was not familiar to me at that point. So I was like, "Oh, mom, check this out." I, this 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 may be an Oprah memory. I don't know, but I remember <laughs> calling somebody over, like, "Oh, this is a weird game. Where'd you get? Oh, crap!" I remember him uh, getting in trouble for it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's you where were, this came from. <laughs> you were. I mean, I I I think on some level, I always know how old you are, and then I forget about it. You were four when you first played Time Lord. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Like, what what <laughs> happens to a kid who plays Time Lord at four? Like, what, we're what, seeing what, it now. <laughs> yeah, what, what things in your life can you trace back to being exposed to Time Lord at such a young young age? That's insane. Uh, it's, it's, it's something that you know will just be shared between me, you, our listeners, and uh, and just uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the the long string of therapists who won't be able to cure me. Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah. The, the, like the, somebody that's like they're. This is their Da Vinci code. Like they're looking for the thing to cure you. And somebody like, I need to start like sneaking hints and cryptograms that spell out Time Lord. Like check the Milton Bradley offices. Here's the weird thing. Okay. So this game, <laughs> this, so no, that's fine. That's fine. This is, this was developed by Milton Bradley and the previous mm-hmm. game was developed by Mattel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It gets, goes to show you back in the, the turn of the, the 90s and late 80s and everything, it was all toy companies. Like, wasn't this the shit that, uh, like the, like the, uh, Nintendo seal of approval was supposed to, like, stop? Yeah. But then they, they got, the Nintendo seal of approval lasted, like, only had power for a short amount of time, it seems. Right. You know, cause then, like, Acclaim and, yeah, uh, LGN and all that, all that shit, LJN started coming out and then, you know, stopped being anything. Yeah. You know, like, but it, there was a time definitely when Nintendo games had to be good. Mm-hmm. And, like, Time Lord, so like Time Lord, if Time Lord was a like a PC game in 1984, 
mm-hmm. I would think it was pretty rad. Yeah. You know, like, so in Time Lord, you know, you're a Time Lord. It has some pretty bitchin' music. Oh, yeah. And, like uh, and I love time travel. Like, that's a, that's a huge, you know, science fiction thing that I'm super into. And I loved uh, mm-hmm. Bill and Ted, both Bill and Ted movies. And those came out. I was ecstatic. <laughs> like, those were just, like, capture my imagination like like crazy. And I, I played Time Lord as well when I was young. I don't remember the context. I'm sure it was just a weekend rental. So you're going through and immediately uh, you can move up and down and you start at the right side of the screen going left. Yeah. Which is really strange. And the first level would almost be a tutorial if it wasn't uh, so short and pointless. Right. Like you just had to collect the five time orbs and then you quantum leap into the next zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're just setting out. So you just walk <laughs> up and get them and you can jump and punch. Right. And that's all there is. But things really hit the fan when you get to the second level and you, you go back to medieval uh, times and uh have yourself dinner and then see a tournament um <laughs> down yeah. down down blue nets yeah. going down <laughs> yeah um and this is some really nice like shadow gatey kind of music which mm-hmm. i really liked it's got this um, awesome martial snare beat which i think yeah. is my favorite hallmark of nes music to be honest yeah yeah that's really <laughs> cool uh the music's really good but the the game at this point is just gets un like unbelievably ridiculous so so the kind of cardinal sins this game you know has is like one the areas where these time orbs appear, like some of them are just in that like Milan's secret castle way. Like if you that's jump, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah, the Milan's secret castle. Yeah, like you yeah. jump somewhere and something happens nearby. <laughs> but there's nothing to indicate it. So, so some of them are like that. Some of them are just, um, you know, uh, non-intuitive puzzles. Like there's one. Like sometimes there's a castle floating in the sky, and there's an orb there, and you have to jump and swing your sword, which makes you double jump. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea why yeah. to get it. Um, there are tiny little elf, like little elwins, um, running forward, shooting arrows at you uh-huh. and, uh, dragons dropping like big acne bombs right. on you. Yeah. The iron sphere bombs that nobody yeah. has ever like, yeah. I've never <laughs> been never, able, never I've never existed. been able to establish that they have ever been made. Yeah. So. But it's a shit. Cause they're cool looking and yeah. they're face basis of bomb bombs. Which <laughs> um, so the, uh, so you just mostly, it's an exercise of frustration. If you watch these YouTubes, there's three of them that are mostly me dealing with the second level because I can't get all the fucking orbs to appear. Right. It drives me nuts. Like I, as far as I can tell, like I figured out there's kind of two, there's two potential locations for each orb and some of them you can permanently screw yourself out of. Like if you sequence break at all, like you pass an area where you're supposed to make an orb appear, go get the next orb. The orb in between them won't appear ever. And there's nothing to do. Mm-hmm. And the game is also, it's kind of a, a time trial because as you're, while you're racing the clock and, and back in time trying to, to collect these orbs, something is moving forward in the future. Mm-hmm. And the way that time, this is kind of neat because time, you know, is parallel. So as like right now, you know, it's a couple of seconds later than it was a few seconds ago. And that's also mm-hmm. true in the future, you know, if, if right. someone was saying the same thing. So the, uh, Time's moving forward in the future. So I, I read on Wikipedia, this game has like a hard time limit of something like 26 minutes. What? After 26 minutes, you lose the game no matter what. For all the levels, no matter what. Yeah, you just you just die. Because, yeah, whatever happens in the future kills you. Right. Or what have you. So coupling that with these fucking, like, jump somewhere randomly and hope that an orb appears and it's inconsistent. So it's not even trial and error. It's mm-hmm. like after you die, you know, if you try again, it's another random area. Mm-hmm. So what do you call that? Like trial and trial? Like just trial and trial and trial and trial and trial and trial? And trial? <laughs> try and try again. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's, it's, it's pretty stupid. And then you get to the boss, which is just a retarded looking dragon that jumps left and right, uh, shoot, you know, shooting little beam like circles at you. Mm-hmm. It has no AI. 
It's not going for you. It's just a force of nature. It's like fighting a tornado. Like it's just, it has no will of its own. Um, so there are many attempts that you can see on online. I uh, eventually made it to the next level, which is the old west. I love that level. It looks really cool, and you get more weapons, mm-hmm. which is cool. You get a, a pistol and you get a shotgun. Yeah. Um, but the time orbs even became even more inscrutable to me, and that is when I lost patience. I so never that's got when I pulled, pulled the fireballs and watched, gave up. <laughs> so. um, even in the infinite patience of my childhood, I never got past the uh, the, the 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 old west level. Oh really? Yeah. I'd be curious. I should watch like a, a serious let's play of it. It's like one that talks about all the historical inaccuracies and yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> Ken Burns, Time Lord. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, I, I should watch a serious one and see what other levels come after that because there's the seed of a good idea in Time Lord. Oh yeah. But yeah, it's, it's pretty awful. I mean, if 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 the event triggers were more consistent and if the stuff was signposted more more, uh, you know. Samely, yeah. you know, I think the I think the one that made the most sense was like, and this is saying an awful lot. The one that made the most sense was where it was suspended in the sky, and you had to trick it to come down by standing still underneath it. Yeah, <laughs> and everything else is just like just doing random gestures until it until until it happens. It's hard to figure out though. There's one in the western level which, if you get cl- as you get closer to it, it gets higher than you. And I have no idea how to get to that one. God. Like it just gets comes out of your reach. Like there's somebody with a fishing pole just <laughs> holding it up, you know, playing keep away with you. And that that is super annoying. I looked it up on Game Facts, and uh, and like even the person who wrote a fact for it wrote a fact for it. I mind you wrote like, yeah, this game's not that great. But I, I call I call that out on on the let's play and then on Facebook too. I think I posted a screenshot of like the um, I saw the, the the reviews. I saw the like, reviews on Game Facts. Yeah, like, like, I'm bad. Like it's just like <laughs> I'm <Lord's> middling. <laughs> eh, you know, whatever. Um, good first you know, effort. Like, <laughs> um, the uh, uh, and the other thing, I mean, there's more to it that doesn't work than just the inscrutableness of the time warps, though, because it's also that 3D perspective is pretty awful. Like for oh, a yeah. platformer, you can't tell where anything is. So like. Your con- your hitbox is just all over the place. It it doesn't work, and for some reason, Dungeon and Dra- or not Dungeon and Dragons, uh, Dungeon and Dragons works splendidly. Yeah. But for some reason, uh, Double Dragon mm-hmm. um, works really well, and I think it's because uh, things don't hurt you just by touching you. Right. So th- they have to throw a punch, and, the, and you know, they and the hitboxes are just kind of better, but they're less likely to hurt you just being you know being on a different plane. It's it's like one of those weird things where they just they, they were checking to see if it was touching a pixel of yours, not like are are we touching where you would logically be in this 3D plane. Right. So it's only cosmetically, you know, isometric or whatever, and it only works to your detriment. Right, right. Which is a thing that um Rare was really famous for. Like I've watched um you know every episode of Crontendo and they bring over they talk about Rare a lot. There's a, like he does a little bonus feature on Rare because they were so huge in Europe. Um, at the time, and they loved this isometric perspective, and did tons and tons of games in that. And I don't, I mean, they were really people loved it because it looks pretty impressive. The same reason yeah. why four year old Cole was super <laughs> into it, but it's not. I don't think it's a very good decision. No, like you know, game way, gameplay wise. So. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a regrettable game. I, I I too would be interested interested to see. At one time, I knew because I you know I pretty much learned to read on game manuals. You know, hmm. so so like I, I would be like at like McDonald's breakfast with my grandma and like I would have the, you know, the Sonic 2 manual and I would say, read this to me, read this to me, please. Oh, yeah. 
And so, yeah, that would, that would, that would be how I, how I would learn to read was, you know, by having these things laying around. So Mm -hmm. that was cool because I would memorize what she said. Um, I wasn't in school, mind you. I was, I was, I was raised on the mean streets. No, (laughs) I learned learned to read in the school. Yes. The bad streets. And you learned, you learned to brawl there as well. Exactly. Which is, which is what, you know, why I have so many demons today, but no, that was like a big, exactly. Um, but no, no, that was, that was like a big thing for me. So I, I, at one time knew like where they, where they went, I think it ends back in the future, like back in 3000 Mm. in space, but like in a different part of that space station time center, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, time, time Lord hive. Yeah. (laughs) Time high. Um, time Lord high is what it sounded like you were saying, which would be a show I would watch. I think that's like a prequel to Dr. Who. What's Um, up time Lords? Man. (laughs) Think Jenny will go to time prom with me? <laughs> time prom. <laughs> time, yes, she will. Uh, <laughs> I'm just picturing, I'm just picturing like Salvador Dali prom. <laughs> yeah, time prom. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's pitch it. We let's let's, let's pitch it to Siffy. Let's all go Siffy, to man. time prom. Yeah. Let's go to the time prom yeah. again. <laughs> um, do you want to uh, play one of our our voicemails? Yeah, then? let's do that. This is a voicemail from uh, Will. Also known as Sinertia, um, mm-hmm. also known as the person who writes Backlog Killer, um, and he, you know, sent us a voicemail with some nice messages. Let's take a listen. Oh, watch out for fireballs, guys! This is your fan, Will Owens, calling from the other side of the world, Hong Kong, wishing you, Gary and Cole, a happy one-year anniversary for the podcast. Uh, haven't moved so far from home. Don't really have any friends to seriously nerd out about video games with, so. Look forward to each episode so I can try to get some of that joy back. You guys are doing a great job. Only getting better as time passes. So keep it up. I can't wait to see what's coming in the next year. Thanks a lot. Bye. So that's right. We have WAF fans all over the world. Yeah. And, and thank you uh, very much, Will. I, I, I pre- you know, that's part of what we go for the show is this, this idea that, you know, it recreates this feeling of, of, you know, just talking about game, games with your friends. And stuff, and I'm glad that that works on you. And, and we're both big fans of yours, uh, as we said many times about the uh, the blog that you do, um, which are you know we're really happy to uh, to have you know with the the times where our our games intersect, yeah. you know, with yours. So that's really cool. So I recommend anybody um, you know who likes this show also check out his blog, the BacklogKiller dot uh, com, not the but uh, BacklogKiller dot com. Hasn't been updated in a little while, Will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Come don't on, fell man. off. That's so. see, That's why we don't do shooters. And there's not much to say about them. Like now, you know. Um, you know. So we could have done Unreal, but what will we talk about? Um, so the uh, but yeah, he's after after Unreal. He is doing Gabriel Knight, um, and coinciding with our episode about Gabriel Knight nice. that's coming out, which is very very cool. Awesome. Yep. I'm so, excited yeah. to that. so thanks, Will. Thank you very much. And uh, I think that is a good enough time as any to move on to our next uh, little segment, which is mm-hmm. the retro games, mm-hmm. faux retro games. Yep, Ret- retro games. And uh, the first one we're going to be talking about is Retro Game Challenge. Um, this is also known as Game Center CX. Uh, and the game was developed by Indie Zero and published in North America by Exceed. Um, this features kind of multiple fakey NES games. Um, it's kind of an anthology title, and it's a real loving, you know, kind of a, a snapshot of, of an era in Nintendo and a real, you know, affectionate uh, pastiche. 
yeah. of these games. It does a lot to like capture what it felt like to be a young person playing games from this era. I, I'm going to say that this game um, is unique in the ways that it, it does that. I think it does more than any other game of simulating the feeling of being somebody who likes games or who <laughs> played games in a certain time. So the, the kind of the, the conceit to this, and there's a, like, so I played this when it first came out. It was my favorite game the year it came out. I started replaying it for the podcast and didn't get all the way through it. Um, cause I've, I've been at PAX and I, you know, people, a lot of people get through games at PAX, but I, I do not. <laughs> um, and, uh, I, I don't like playing games standing up, I think is what it is. <laughs> um, so the, uh, there's so much I fucking love about this game. This game is amazing. So it's almost as much as any other game we've done, this has a recommendation from at least me. And I call your, I assume that you're on the same page. Oh yeah. I fucking love it. I mean, I, I'm pretty much in the same boat as you are. <laughs> yeah. Go, go get this. If you have a DS, it is, it is uh $15 on the rainforest. Yeah. So. Jesus Christ. It is like the best $15 you'll, you'll spend. It's very good. The conceit and this, this works on a couple different levels. So, and I, this is something I kind of picked up in the, the second time playing through it is it's kind of sad. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's like a kind of a heartbreaking game. So this guy who's based on a guy who, um, runs a Japanese TV show, um, called Game Center CX. Um, he's the main character or the main antagonist in the game. And the conceit is he sends you back in time to hang out with his younger self and go through these game challenges. And everything that you kind of learn about your younger self, like it's not super explicit, but his younger self is fairly lonely. Oh yeah. He has no friends. And yeah, totally. And th this idea of like sending somebody back in time to hang out with your younger self mm -hmm. because you were lonely, like God, it's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a, it's a really, really sad concept. And what it means is you play through this kind of alternate history of NES games coming out, you know, and a new gun comes out. Um, Arino is the, the name of the antagonist there, uh, gives you a new challenge and you have to complete a certain number of challenges before the next game will come out. And, and it's like this idea, the idea is that, he, you know, he, he, he's not good at games in the current day. So he's sending you back in order to train him up, I guess. I don't know, something like that, but really he's just making the challenges more hard. So you'll spend more time with them. Right. <laughs> right. Which, which like, you know, crazy, 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 sad. Um, We'll get to the games in a minute, which are, are all very good. And that's kind of the icing on the cake because the, the concept of this game would be enough to, to carry it alone for me, probably. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the, so not only do they simulate, you know, so the games rise in sophistication, you know, accurately as Nintendo games rise, you know, rose, uh, in, in sophistication, more accurately Famicom games. Yeah. So it's, it's games that are, were more popular in Japan. And here, and there are a couple of real deviations, like games that we didn't really have anything quite like it mm -hmm. um, over here. Um, but it also simulates all of the ephemera of being that age. Right. So um, when you're playing the game, on the top screen is the game. On the bottom screen is you sitting on the floor in front of you know uh, uh, just a regular you know standard FTV with with the the kid Arena next to you, encouraging you, criticizing you, making fun of you when you miss power ups. Um, you know exclaiming along with you, you know, mm -hmm. oh man, when you die. Yeah. yeah. Um, in exactly the same way that happened to, I imagine, I imagine all of us, like everyone <laughs> who is listening to this and, and myself included. That detail of sitting on the floor, like that made me yeah, so nostalgic huge. that like I sat on my living room, living room floor for a good portion of this game. Like, that's, uh, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's, cr that's fucking crazy is what it is. But like, I was like, I, I, I kind of missed that, you know, sitting, sitting, cr sitting cross-legged on the floor. You know, to play a game because the cords were so short, like we didn't mm -hmm. have cordless controllers. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah. Like that that's what it feels like to be a kid for me. Like like that and having like a Capri Sun, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right there. <laughs> the the other thing that this I mean that, me too, like one hundred percent one hundred percent me too. I, I love that about it. The other thing that this uh the other thing that I'm just along this lines is when I was young, and I don't know how much you did this, but I really liked watching people play games too. Mm-hmm. So the same way this this kid, you're just coming over. I had friends who would come over and mostly play, and I would just watch them play. Like, mm-hmm. I would play as well, but I had certain dynamics and friendships where I, it was more about watching them. Yeah. Uh, my cousin, who is the the son of my, the uncle who um, helped get me into adventure games, um, who I've talked about a couple times, um, I used to watch him play video games all the time, where I would go over there and I'd beg him to play games. Mm-hmm. And then he'd be, he would just, he didn't really feel like he'd be like, fine, whatever. And he had me pick out a Genesis game, and I always picked out Fantasy Star because I liked role-playing games. Mm-hmm. And it was unreasonable to ask them to just, like, okay, just start playing Fantasy Star, you know, in the middle <laughs> of this, like, really, really epic dungeon slog. Um, so he would get, he would get you know, irritated. Maybe he'd pick something like Sonic, you right. know, or, or, or Sword of Vermilion. And I, and I would watch him play that, but I love watching games and this kind of captures a little bit of that too. No, I mean, I was, I was kind of in a similar boat being the, being the younger of two siblings. Um, mm. there were a lot of like, uh, fist fights and wrestling matches and, you know, basically, you know, physical abuse between my older brother, Chris and myself. Sure. <laughs> and he but would as, usually as win as that out. Continues to this day. I... <laughs> <laughs> That's more emotional now, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so whenever, it, whenever it came down to him or me, um, and the the battle didn't resolve in him turning off the game to watch uh cheers and married with children um it, it usually came down to him playing the game and me watching and uh cheering him on so i was a reno in this case mm. yeah i had the i had those friendships like i yeah I had a buddy in second grade uh you know we the, the bus would drop us off uh, at the end of the street and uh i would you know we would we'd walk home and i would i would stop by his house for an hour or so to like play the Capcom Lion King game, you know, on the mm. Genesis or something like that, you know, but it was more about like, let's take turns, you know, so it was equal watching. The, uh, the other thing that this game does that like, kind of emulates uh, the, the time period as well um, is that you get magazines oh, God. as well. Um, they're not quite like Nintendo power. You know, they don't emulate that as much as maybe I would want them to. It's a game called uh, or a magazine called Game Fam, which I think was an actual magazine. I have, yeah, I have yeah. a Game Fam. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, each game, you know, it has previews of games that are going to come out in the world. Um, ingeniously, ingeniously, <laughs> the way that they stop you from... So these are all old games, so they have mechanics you're not used to. Eventually, you'll get you'll get to challenges that'll stymie you, and then cheat codes come out in yeah. the magazines to help you with the challenges that are coming up. Like, it's so brilliant and so diegetic. Um, <laughs> you know, just the well, I mean, it is. It's a really good expression of that, no, that concept. You know, I'm, I'm it, it works perfectly within that world and advances the game. It's just it's mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Um, some like there are some. So the magazines are great. I would could have wished for maybe like things like ads yeah, and stuff. T- like it could have been a little bit more. Like could have went further with it. It's so neat though on its own that I can't you know begrudge it too much. What I love, and this is something that I appreciate now, but like even, even still, like, you know, being a person who read EGM, you know, back when I was young, I recognized the names and the parodies. Like they got photos and they had, like the names are affectionate parodies of like old EGM editors in chief. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. have like Dan Sock instead of Dan Shu. They have yeah. Milkman instead of James Milky. They have uh, like Johnny English instead of John Davison. It's like, mm-hmm. holy shit. Like how far are you guys going to go? They have like yeah. pictures of them. So yeah. that's like amazing. It's clearly, clearly very uh, loving in that. And then finally, they have uh, instructing instruction manuals yeah. for these games that are full of, you know, bad translations 
and uh, <laughs> mind-boggling plot things that never actually will show up in the game, uh-huh. and and all of that. So every, I mean, it's just so so right. It's mm-hmm. so good. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just so charming. Um, and the games are all, for the most part, even the worst games on it, I think are are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, they're still playable. They're ones that I get frustrated with, but still very very good. Right. Um, so we want to talk about the games? Yeah, real quick? there are really only like four genres that are represented, and mm-hmm. we get to see how these genres um, kind of excel and uh, proceed throughout the throughout the years um, as as technology gets better. So you know you've got shooters, you have you have uh, uh, driving games, you have platformers, um, you have a role playing game, most notably. Um, mm-hmm. and that's about it. Yeah, and the uh, the role playing games, you know, it starts off as like just like a, a Galaga clone and then become something a lot closer to um was that like galaxian what is that there's not the game i'm thinking of um that that uh, star prince is a little bit like but gets I, you know really I mean, elaborate beautiful backgrounds it's like it a, it's like, like a it's like a shmup it's like riding almost yeah, is what i can yeah. think of but you know as and it, you get there's a power-up system and such um the kind of like a missing piece for me that kind of came in when i started watching uh crontendo uh, were the haggleman games which is the most represented uh, genre series mm-hmm. in this in this game because there's three three Hagglemans and the first two are these um, a little bit like mappy like these uh, single screen or you know only a couple screens wide platformers exactly with going indoors and stuff which were a big genre in Japan but, um, we, but we're not here we didn't get that like like yeah. the, our our platformers were almost always attempting to be more complex than that yeah. And eventually we get that with Hagelman 3, which, um, which is really, really good. Like blows um, the top off sure. of it. So, oh, yeah, it's incredibly sure. Well, like three levels, I think? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's only three levels in Hagelman. Yeah. And, and that's more like uh, Ninja Gaiden um, yeah. than anything else, really. Yeah. Um, there's kind of there's uh, Rally King, which is the, the top-down racing game yeah. um, that's on there. Again, those, th- those were more popular in Japan, too, I think, like the yeah. top-down racing stuff. Yeah, we had some of that. Yeah. Um, I forgot that where I'm at, I, I got to, uh, to Hagelman 2 in this playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot that Rally King comes back with a, a non-sequel. Yeah. Like just and, a, an SP version, which is a reference to something that happened in Japan with Mario Brothers. Um, there's a version of Mario Brothers that was, uh, or Super Mario Brothers that was sponsored by a local, I want to say a radio personality. Mm-hmm. And they put out like a promotional copy of it where they change. It's called like Mario Brothers Knights or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, they changed the sprites to be related to this radio show. Right. And in Retro Game Challenge, there's this version of Rally King that's sponsored by Chicken Noodle or Noodle Chicken Soup. Yeah. And it's some this ramen, <laughs> which and, leads, uh, leads to one of my favorite my favorite beats. Which is Arena comes in and says, "Hey, if you have these noodles, then he speaks the ad copy like verbatim. Mm-hmm. Then his mom like calls in and says, "Hey, do you want some of these noodles?" And she speaks the ad copy verbatim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. The game is pretty funny. Like there, there are there is like a a, a good uh, good kind of sly sense of humor to it. Yeah, um, I kind of hate Rally King though. I know that you, I know that you you're into a Rally King. I, I I like it more than a lot of people do. I recognize that it definitely squanders an awful lot of its goodwill by appearing twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially because one of the, uh, one of the challenges involves, um, beating a stage without dying. Um, and this mm-hmm. stage is also the ice stage. So mm-hmm. that, that is, that, that constitutes like just, a, just an awful way to like treat people with that kind of thing. But I like those kind of top down games like the RC car racer games and, you know, at the arcade. 
micro machines. Um, yeah, yeah, micro. Oh god, I love me some micro machines. Micro machines, pretty good. Yeah. The the problem with that, like, so one that challenge, you can beat it through cheating pretty easily because okay. you can put in a cheat code to get rid of all the other cars oh, on yeah. the track, and then just go as slow as you want. But then it's boring as hell. Yeah. And and two, um, there needs to be a map. Like for a game that's all about managing your turns, like knowing when your turns are coming up, mm-hmm. so you can do the the drift boost thing to actually place. You can't like the it'll tell you vaguely what kind of turn will come up, but the little abstract symbol, you know, street sign symbol has nothing really to do with what's coming up. Right. You know, so that I got very frustrated with those, and I wanted to get to uh, the one we haven't talked about yet, which is Guadia Quest, which is this this uh, affectionate version of like Dragon Quest Two, right down to the delays. <laughs> <laughs> so you're constantly reading about Guardia Quest coming out and then constantly learning that it's being delayed. And exactly the same thing that happened in the Dragon Quest 2. Um, but Guardia Quest was my favorite RPG the year it came out. This game came out. <laughs> it's so good. Like it reminded, you know, I talk these guys up a lot, but it reminds me of the, like the Z-Boyd Games model of JRPG where it's like you strip away all the fat and make it 15 hours long. Right. You know, like no JRPG needs to be longer than 15 hours, full stop. <laughs> Done, you know? And it's just, it's really, really compact, really good little like... NES, you know, Dragon Quest clone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really, really fun. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if there's anything more that can be said about it, honestly. A like, huge recommendation. To to say it's anything more than that, like it's not even a parody, honestly. No, like if it was a parody, would it would have gone overboard with the V and now kind of shit that was brought to the to the U.S. translation of the Dragon Warrior games. Um, but but like just it's it's good. Like my, my, I mean, I can think of a couple of like niggling complaints, but those are complaints about the era. So like the spell, like the spell and item descriptions and stuff, mm-hmm. like you have to look in the manual to find out what they do, which mm-hmm. is more effort than I could bring myself to, you know, to, 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 to go for. But like, I genuinely found a lot of like satisfaction, in like going through the, 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 the tomb of deepest darkness or whatever it is. The, the first dungeon that you go through is, Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's it's kind of like, if you like old Nintendo games, like, here is a game that is going to, one, uh, reward you for, for liking just the general, the part of you that, that likes that, and two, gives you, like, six really good Nintendo games you've never heard of or played. Yeah. And, you know? in fact, we're not made until 2010. And they're not <laughs> going to put out the fucking sequel or localize it. They said there's more or less no chance, and I don't want to totally uh, make... Cole kill himself on air, but it features like uh, the Japanese, like the visual novel, like uh, uh, <laughs> like adventure, like uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the the one, the Ur one that they call them clones of, but those kind of things are huge in Japan. Yeah, like these things, and the, it features one of those as well as like it goes all the way up into Super Nintendo. Yeah, um, there's like a Mario pastiche, and then they do a Super Mario version. Like I want like a new Super Mario world. <laughs> Like, of course I want that. Like, put that game out. Please. Ah, ah. I'm going to end up playing, like, an emulated translated version. Yeah. There, like, there, I just can't not do it. There's a there, there's a, there's a fan translation in the works, but then again, isn't there always? Yeah, exactly. Come on, fans. <laughs> Get on, indie fans. Yeah. Um. So, say, a Guadia Quest. I really... Is there a Guadia Quest sequel in the, in the, yeah. In the new one? Oh, yep, there's a SNES Guadia Quest. Oh, man. So, do you, don't you want, like, a 20-hour... Like, you know, lovingly crafted <laughs> SNES DRPG. Yeah. As, you know, just of this. It's a little bit like us finding Earthbound this late, you know, like, um, it would be like finding that. So get just a super high recommendation. Um, yeah. this is the way to do, do fakey retro games right. Something that I want to bring up about these, and I'm not, not in relation to the next game we're going to talk about. Um, but the thing with the, these fakey retro games is there has to be a reason for them to be fakey retro. Right. You know, like, don't, uh, just, uh, co-op the graphics or co-op 
things for nostalgia, have it have a, a broader purpose or, or um, be a good game on its own. You right. know, and this is a really good expression of that. Yeah. I mean, retro, it's a, it's, it's a very, you know, a UX retro games. Um, it's all the rage kind of nowadays. I mean, you mentioned the, you mentioned the Cthulhu saves the, save the world guys. And that's an example of doing it right as is this, but it's one of those weird exceptions because I can't think of like, you know, a lot of examples in other media where this is like a thing. I mean, maybe like lo-fi music where they go back and say, Oh, we only record on, you know, tape decks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Or like, like not even so much in film. Like the best example I can think of is like Grindhouse or, you know, films that kind of take that aesthetic. It happens. Like, th- so this is Grindhouse. The movie is a little closer to like retro game challenge. Yeah. Um, but like other, uh, fakey retro games, there are things like the artist. Yeah. Or things like, like a brick. You know, um, yeah, Brick is a good example for like film noir, but I'm thinking specifically of when this was put out, it was meant specifically to cater to people who were still alive when that right. was like in vogue. And like the artist, like nobody today, and except for like great grandparents, are were alive when you know silent films. Brick, right. you know, that that's an affectionate parody of like not parody, you know, it's 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 taking noir, you know, kind of kind of conventions from the 50s at the latest. So, like, yeah, people are still alive, but, like, this is capturing something that the prime game, you know, audience, people who are, you know, 30-ish, roughly, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, like, like this, this was it. This was, like, this was my jam. Right. You know? If, if you, if you've never heard of this and you, like, if you grew up in that time and you haven't played it, like, do it. And <laughs> I know we've already recommended it, but I'm just, you just saying, like, that was my jam. Like, just maybe want to reiterate it. I know I already said it. <laughs> And you're right about it not being something that happens in other mediums. I wasn't trying to derail your point or anything, but just like the idea that there are people who, you know, still play games who loved Nintendo games who haven't played this game is a crime. <laughs> so please, please get it. Yeah. It's wonderful. No, it's, 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 it's super good. And just like they're, they're, I, I don't, I don't know what greater point I was trying to make about retro games, but I <laughs> probably cause I stomped all over it. I'm, no, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I, I, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is like this is this is one of those things where like you know games are growing up with us. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, you, you know, like, and this is this is something that is kind of kind of alluded to. I think there was a Penny Arcade uh, article or blog post around the time that Heavy Rain came out about the daddening of games mm. and how more games nowadays um, are being brought out with really really prominent themes of fatherhood. Um, this is really really apparent um in the walking dead actually um Mm -hmm. i'm noticing um just because like a lot of people who like have been playing games all of their lives you know they're at the age where they could be dads you know right you you know just like one of those things so this you know games are growing up with us in that sense and then there's also this stuff this whole kind of like side niche market that's especially thriving on pc and you know anywhere indie develops developers are because it's quote-unquote easier to make these kind of things because the uh, art assets are of lower fidelity, um, mm-hmm. you know, like we're, we're going to cater specifically to this aesthetic because, you know, it will it will make people nostalgic for it. Right. You know, so like nostalgia for something new is something that just to my mind seems patently absurd. But right. right, right not not right. absurd in a bad way, but crazy. Not and crazy and in a bad way. Um, that, that's something that was my first impression of the next game we're going to talk about. And then when I actually got to play it, uh, I kind of took that back. Um, which is uh, Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery EP.
when I first saw this game, I thought I didn't know why it, you know, took the the art style it did, other than just to to be nostalgic and also to be beautiful. And uh, it kind of you know, I, I I think it's more than the the first one and a lot more the second one. And the second one wins me enough points to where I don't think about it at all. Yeah, you know, as, as as being a problem. Why don't you tell us a little bit about about this game? Yes, this was the, the game that you specifically suggested for this. Yeah, I I, I love I love this game. <laughs> I'll, I'll say a little bit more about it in general before before I go off the rails like mm. gushing over it. Um, but this is an adventure game that was developed by Capybara Games for the iPad um, in 2011. It's been brought to a bunch of other platforms, um, specifically the iPhone, um, mm. other iOS devices, and PC, Linux, and Mac OS 10 um, when the uh, when the, when the it was it was released in the humble indie bundle a little while back. So if you pick that up, um, this is you know you likely have this in your Steam library right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's kind of the melding of the works of two you know kind of like two distinct artistic entities. So the the pixel artist Super Brothers, um, who this was really kind of like their big break, um, and the electronic music of Jim Guthrie. And there's a story behind like you know why this Canadian like rock artist uh, you know made electronic music. But uh, the, these two things are kind of being melded together around this, um, you know, affectionate 8-bit rendering of a save-the-world story set in kind of a medieval wilderness kind of setting, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. It's it's calling it 8-bit is almost not yeah, I you know, guess. entirely accurate. Like, to me, it looks like the people have a, a strange tallness in the way that they animate that mm-hmm. reminds me of... Um, old PC adventure games, like King's Quest or something. Yeah, whenever I see vis- visible pixels, um, I think of I think of 8-bit. So that's mm-hmm. that's that that's just my my bias um era wise. But yeah, definitely um it reminds me of reminds me of early King's Quest um and because of how young I am and because I spent a lot of time at public libraries when I was a kid, uh, Mother Goose's Quest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is not uh not inaccurate whatsoever. Yeah. Uh for this. I'm pretty, you know, I, like I said, I was initially skeptical of this. I haven't, I started playing it for the show and then just was at PAX and played quite a bit of it. I'm about halfway through. Um, I've just, you know, just fought the Trigon okay. and defeated the, defeated the Trigon. Um, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is, this is one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen in, in all senses. Like not just, uh, how it looks, but also the music is really great. This, like this, the soundtrack is a must get, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And fits the game so well. You know, you, the basics of the game is that it's, it's kind of a, an adventure game. Um, rather than being an inventory management kind of thing, you solve kind of micro puzzles and then get into fights that are a little bit like punch out. Yeah. Like timing based, uh, battles. Timing based battles that are also kind of rhythmically based. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Especially that Trigon fight is very rhythmically based. Yeah. Um, and, and it's mostly, so the other thing that's really noteworthy and cool about this game is it marries this uh, aesthetic and, and, you know, the setting, which is this, um, you know, kind of generic medieval quest setting to, um, this kind of like bro chill language. And the effect is really, uh, kind of jarring and accidentally, you know, wonderful. Every single line in the, uh, in, in the game was written to be tweetable. So mm-hmm. it's so it's um, often less than 130 characters per line, mm-hmm. but uh, but like the, that that economy, like just uh, how well it's written with 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 that short of lines, it creates almost this like awesome poetry to 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 yeah. to, 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 to what you, to what you read. So yeah, they take this kind of chillax kind of language to it. You know, they say you know we we found the megatome and it was awesome. 
you know, something yeah. like that. Or, you know, they have like Robert Ashley voicing Logfella, which is like a perfect choice of a, yeah, if I've ever very... like heard, <laughs> heard, heard one, you, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, they, they, they take that and they marry it with this, with this kind of like Twin Peaks, like pseudo, like, like, like pseudo beat fifties kind of language. And they add in like a bunch of alliteration and like epic yeah. like language, like the alliteration alone makes it this kind of like poetry. And like, just I'm super in love with like every line of text in this game. <laughs> I, I really like it too. I w- I'm a little annoyed by the marketing aspect of the Twitter part of it, like how in love it is with Twitter, but it accidentally made something that I really like, right. you know, from that, like the, the, you're right about the economy being what kind of drives that. And, you know, the Twitter purposes of it and the game asking me if I want to tweet things, I find annoying. Um, I'm not a super big Twitter person, uh, which is why I'll never succeed in anything artistic because that's how <laughs> I, you know, I, I can't uh, contact anybody or do any networking. Like, it'll just, like we, it's, and everything is in, um, like second or in first person plural. Is it always we? Yeah, it's it's always we. Whenever 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 the Scythian speaks, it's like we found this. Or... Yeah, we we saw a lonely grave on a cliff and was wondering what was up with that. <laughs> you know, like there's just that like the the mirroring of the images and the language and everything just works really well. Um, and I'm looking, I'm definitely into playing. I've had it for a long time, but just hadn't you know started yeah. it up. It's just been on my backlog, and I'm definitely looking forward to playing the rest of it. I had beaten it on the iPhone, but I wanted to beat it again on the iPad because that, to me, kind of seems like what it was designed for. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it was. I mean, it came out ahead of time. But just like that that, that feeling of, you know, even just rotating it to do the fights or to, like, read the Megatome. When you're holding mm-hmm. this big thing in front of you, it's it's like I have, I have no idea, like, even how to quantify, like, that experience of having this right. really high res kind of picture in front of you i mean just uh, i'll echo the sentiment again and again if there if there's anything that i could send back to my younger self just to make just to make him shit and think about how awesome the future would be i would send back the iphone or the ipad yeah one thing i like about the game is that um you know it it encourages you to take breaks and it it uses this kind of grant morrison-y language about you know uh, exposure to to psychometric dream you know <laughs> mythology you know uh for a long period of time it's gonna make you uncomfortable and every time it suggested i take a break i wanted to take a break and yep. then picked it up like a half hour later mm-hmm. you know like i would be like oh that you know this feels good yep. you know to do this and then and then would come back and just you know kind of recharge and, and want to get back into it well playing the game like 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 we did um in a in a crunch like that isn't the way it's supposed to be played no no it's supposed to be a lot chiller than than i was doing it and that's why i'm not i could have probably stayed up late one or two nights and beat it but i didn't want to resent it and i didn't want to look at a fact at any point for it i wanted everything to come organically even though that's usually traditionally against my my philosophy for games Mm -hmm. but i definitely wanted to to come to everything organically with this session session three which is which is where you get the second two trigons um that is meant to be played over the course of a month because you're supposed to look at it like the it's it, the, the 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 two other trigons are hitched to different phases of the moon okay. so you need to play it on the exact day of a full moon on the and on the exact day of a new moon in order to get those two trigons if you're going to be playing it the way that it's like asking you to do it interesting yeah so like when you get to that they, like they give you a way like you find you find a character who's like labeled the cheater and he says, like, yeah, you know, I was tired of waiting around for the moon, so I went out and I changed my system time, but they totally caught me. And, like, yeah, they can sense when you change the system time. Um, but mm-hmm. there's also, like, if you travel into the dream world, um, you know, going after the Trigons on a day that isn't a full moon or a new moon, 
um, mm-hmm. it will give you a key to a place called the Moon Grotto, which you can stumble across and find where you can actually alter the uh, alter the phase of the moon in order to beat it, like I did just you know just now. And I think I did, I did that for the first one. I don't remember taking a month to play. I was quite frankly um, impatient <laughs> to see yeah. the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah so so like the like the, the the guy the the archetype who was the narrator of it he says you know the for like the first you like yeah this will take 15 minutes this one will take 30 minutes and then for the third session he comes across and says yeah this will take probably a full lunar month to play i was like what which is kind of crazy because that doesn't that's not how games work you know they operate <laughs> like games don't encourage you to take your time with them no you know in that way the only thing i can think of is it couldn't be a more different game but I there has that kind of attitude towards it is a little bit like uh, Steambot Chronicles. You ever played that? That was for uh, that was for PS2. PS2. Yeah, that was that was made by like the guys who did Rogue Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, level um, five, I think. Yeah, um, very good game, um, and it is uh, supposed to be like the the narration says it's a it's a relaxing adventure. You know, in the first, it says Steambot Chronicles, a relaxing adventure. <laughs> and there's, the game just doesn't push you into anything. Like, it's an open world game where there's a lot of things to do. And you're encouraged to just take your time, pick it up, you know, go do some of the, the GTA style, like go bet on horses and play the stocks or whatever the specific mini games are. It's been a long time since I played it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just come back to it when you're ready, you know, and it just picks you right back up. Um, and I wish more games would do that. Like, that's not how now it's like I'm playing games for the show. I'm either trying to jam through them. Or I'm trying to jam through them because I want to get to the next thing. Yeah, you know, and I, I wish more games had that attitude. I don't know. I mean, the, the, there are things that I could that that I can say negative about the game. I think the worst thing about it is that it doesn't have a way for you to warp to the edge of the screen. You yeah. spend a lot of time walking slowly across the across the landscape. Um, it recycles a lot of backgrounds, which is which is uh, pretty annoying. Um, but that that that's like the biggest thing. Like it feel it feels like really padded, and that there's no fast travel. That, that that that's that's my biggest complaint, especially trying to play it and beat it in time for the show. Um, but I will say, I encourage you, Gary, to like play through to the end um, because it really is um, stirring. I, I think would be the the way like be the way to say it. And my my like my biggest con- my my biggest thing I can say about it, similar to how, how you feel about retro games, you know, CX. We were having it. We were having like a like a uh, text conversation about Dear Esther earlier. Mm-hmm. But it feels so great when something feels like it was made specifically for you. Yeah. yeah. And and this this is like one of those one of those games that feels like that. Dear Esther is another one. I've 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 gone on the record of saying that um, controversially. Um, but the, but this one it feels like it was made exactly for me as somebody who doesn't. Who, who really really likes adventure games and like really narratively driven things and kind of that that melding of audio and video yeah i i'm, I'm intending to keep playing it like i'm not playing anything else on my iphone right now so this will be my iphone game until i get through it yeah so so like the like the retro part of it it it, it, it it's one of those things i think the most like fittingly retro part of it is is that economy of the of the writing Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the visuals, like the, like the coolest thing about the visuals is everything mundane is in that blocky kind of style, but anything that's supposed to be like cosmic or otherworldly is rendered in this smooth kind of thing. So specifically the record or the trigon, um, like, you know, everything else is rendered in blocks. The, the, the record is a perfect circle and the trigon is, you know, like it's, it's a triangle with, with diagonal lines and the, the, the various, uh, sprites that you raise out the ground by solving the puzzles, those have smooth lines as well. I think that's that's fucking rad. Right. So they, they look uh, out, out of place in that world. Um, they also, the, man, the, the tone when you're raising the sprites mm-hmm. 
from the ground is just like just really really you know pretty yeah and uh and haunting yeah and stuff i i like that a lot i I love the music i won't even hold it against them that they kind of uh snaked uh, a guitar line from a from a shearwater song i really like but well it's probably because you're the only person who noticed (laughs) so that's <laughs> you can hold it against all you want. They'd be like, "Prove it." And, and you'd be like, "I water," and they'd be like, "I don't even know who I am." Um, <laughs> They're a good band. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sure they are. Uh, <laughs> don't condescend to me. Do you want to play another uh, voicemail? Yeah, let's do that. This is from Dennis. Let's uh, let's hit it. Hey guys, this is Dennis. I am on my way home from work now, so I wanted to call and congratulate you guys on one year of broadcasting. And thank you guys for becoming such an integral part of my trip to and from work. Uh, every time there's a show to listen to, that's what I'm listening to while I'm driving. And uh, you guys are always funny, you're always interesting, and uh, I always enjoy it. Uh, so here's to several more years. Uh, I'll be listening for sure. We won't hold it against you that you called us from the from the car. That's dangerous, and you shouldn't do that. Um. Yeah, it could have been a very dark episode of Watch Out for Fireballs very easily, Dennis. In memoriam. <laughs> Yeah. And then we just from then on just do your favorite games in order, <laughs> um, <laughs> and just bury them in thumb drives at your grave. <laughs> like Jesus Lord, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but thank but, you, very yeah, thank much. you, Dennis, thank you very much. Yeah, uh, I, I like that we're appointment listening. That's that, that that's a good compliment. Yeah, and I like yeah. the idea of getting somebody through their commute. Yeah, so that's uh, you know, you should never. I as once I discovered podcasts, I discovered that there's never a reason for me to be alone with my thoughts <laughs> ever again. Exactly. If I'm walking anywhere, if I'm on a bus anywhere, if I'm doing anything, something is stimulating me at all times. That, that's that, that's like the only reason I can live alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you're you're never alone with Watch Out for Fireballs. Nope. <laughs> um, or with any other podcasts. Yeah. Listen to. So yeah, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about some game experiences that we had. Um, you know, that will never come back. And some of these are a little bit similar because they both involve uh, online play. And one of the biggest things I wanted to bring to this was how that has changed. Yeah, so it's funny that both of these are both of these are online because the one that I brought to the table um, and the one that I kind of have the most um, invested in, I think, is uh, the original EverQuest, uh, mm. which was uh, which is an MMORPG um, that was originally developed by Virant Interactive and published by Sony Online Entertainment for the PC uh, in 1999. I think uh, SOE took over development uh, duties shortly thereafter. Um, it's kind of the forebear of almost all MMOs today. Um, and funny thing is, expansion packs are still being developed. Um, and yes. the, the, the even funnier thing is, this went free to play after EverQuest 2 did. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, EverQuest 2, I don't know anything about EverQuest 2. And I, I played EverQuest 1 for about a half hour, 45 minutes or so. Um, is EverQuest 2 shitty? Like, have you tried it? What's what's the scope on that? I've played it. Um, it's 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 good. I mean, okay. Wait, wait a minute. Hold, yeah, hold, hold on, there, cool. Is it good the way that EverQuest One is good, or is it good the way that good things are good? It's like, the, the 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 first the first one. Um, okay. Okay. All right. As a person who enjoyed EverQuest in its time and place. Um, I can, I can, I can say safely 
that EverQuest 2 is a similar experience. Mm. Fans of the genre. <laughs> so I, I haven't watched your Let's Play, but I mean, like, just... <laughs> I immediately want to go on the defensive and say, like, it was the year, uh, I think, 2000 or 2001. Um, I had just, like, conned my my parents into upgrading the PC. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that it, it was it was that summer. Um, and I had, uh, as, 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 like, my first two purchases, um, I had gotten, um, gotten Half-Life, like the Half-Life uh, Game of the Year edition. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I had also gotten The Sims. And then, like, that, that Christmas was like a PC game extravaganza. Like I got mm. Deus Ex, I got Black and White. Um I got like other stuff, like a bunch of really good games. And I got this and like it was awesome because I figured it was a it was a Hail Mary pass because when I put it on my Christmas list, I was like this has a 15, you know, or $10 a month, you know, subscription. Well, you it's know, implied that like hey, folks, <laughs> folks you're going to keep paying this, you yeah, know. Exactly, yeah. And they got it. And like they got me the like the time card and they said, "Yeah, go for it." I was like, "Rock." You know, mm-hmm. so I was, I was, uh, you know, 14 at the time I was going into, I was going into uh, middle school and I was playing this game with friends, you know, from, from, from middle school and, uh, just, holy shit. It was like this whole big, awesome thing, this gigantic world that, you know, if, if you wanted to run across like even one of the continents, it would be like, you know, like an hour's worth of time running. And if you died, you'd have to run back and grab your body and all this kind of stuff. So there was this huge sense of like anxiety of being lost in the world. And you'd had to, you'd have to like team up with people and trust them. And, you know, I like met people and like added them to my friends list from like Singapore and all this kind of stuff. And this was like back when the graphics were even shittier. Like everybody, everybody looked like a talking Dorito. Um, <laughs> I was on, I was on a role-playing server. I was playing a half-elf paladin. Um, and, uh, I, I hooked up with a, with a guild, um, called the league of honor and they like took me in, like even knowing I was as young as I was and as like low level and shitty. And like, they let me tag along on all their raids and things like that. It was like my first, you know, kind of like foray into playing something multiplayer and like in talking to people and chatting with them, you know, for however, like archaic and, you know, like mm-hmm. as you would probably say awful, um, <laughs> the game was, you know, even at the time. Um, you know, yeah. I, I can, I continued playing it, you know, well into like, I think I only stopped when I, when I picked up WoW mm-hmm. and that was because the guild kind of died down. Yeah. It's, it's what you're talking about. sounds like a commercial for that experience. <laughs> like everything you're saying sounds like something that can be fun, but I wonder what, I guess what I, I want to circle around for this, because I did something like for my section of this, I also did something that I would never do in a million years now. And circling over around, like, what's different about that? So, like, you, that back then, you could do that. You, you're on an RP server. You joined, you met people who were not terrible, mm-hmm. you know, which it, like, seems, you know, and who were willing to, like, put up with you learning the game and uh, and help you with that. And, and you met cool people who you became friends, you know, added to your friends list and stuff. And around, uh, around the same, you know, uh, about, like, 2000, 2001, um, I moved back in with my uh, mom and, uh, got a, had a PC that could play, uh, PC games. This is when I played Fallout and Baldur's Gate and played all of my, and Deus Ex and all my favorite computer games. But I also got really into Team Fortress Classic. Um, and I joined a guild at a certain point, um, as well. Um, so you mean a clan? A clan, <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, or, or am I do? Or am I do? Um, a clan. And that's crazy to me now. Like if if I were to go back or if my back in time self were to tell me now like oh you joined a clan like what what are you talking about I hate playing 
uh, video games with online strangers. It's my least favorite thing to do in the world. You know, like people on the internet are awful in general and I, and I hate them. What has changed? And, you know, what do you think that is? And I, I have my only theory, and this is, I don't know how much this is true or not, is that it's way easier to do voice as opposed to text now. So people are forced to be slightly more considerate when they have to type everything out and be a little bit more considered. I like that a lot, actually. When you're, when you're forced to see it as opposed to just spat it off and have it be everywhere. That, mm-hmm. you know, that's one of those things. And that didn't stop people from being dickholes. Um, and I think if, right. you, if, if you were cautious enough about who you associated with, it was, it was fine. I mean, with my, with my, uh, TFC clan, you know, I was in the, I was in IRC chat, you know, pretty much every night. And this was concurrent with my, with my EverQuest guilding. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, like I would, I would leave a raid for, you know, an EverQuest to go play in a clan match on Sunday nights, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So, so these were, these were both very much in the same way. So yeah. it, it lets you be more selective about it. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. Um, the, the way that I think about it, um, and the way that I've been thinking about it since we started this, because I'm, I'm similar. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't join a guild and, and wow or whatever its equivalent is today. And I wouldn't, you know, hop on and play, you know, play in like a, you know, counter strike global offensive clan or whatever. Right. I think I was just a lot less cynical about the internet back then. That could be it too, but the, like the, I couldn't be 100%. Like if I was saying that you were less cynical then makes it sound like, and that worked out then doesn't give the internet any credit for changing or anything. And it makes it sound like now, if you were less cynical, you would hop right in and it would be good. But, but like people still, people still do it. Right. I think there, I think that there's another 14 year old kid who's picking up wow and doing the same thing. I, I like to hope so, but I don't know if that's, well, wow, I don't have any experience. I don't have any experience with wow. Uh-huh. And how that is. And I imagine that WoW sands some of the, the edges that would be on the edge of I didn't have any negative social interactions when I played EverQuest, but sands some of that off just by how accessible it is. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're gonna you're not gonna have that barrier to entry. Because one of the things with online games that make me hate them, playing them with strangers, is that you're you're never I'm never as good as anyone I'm ever going to play with in any online game right. ever for the rest of my life. In perpetuity mm-hmm. throughout the universe. You could, <laughs> it'll, it'll never happen. So, and people love that. Like the people who are good at online games, it's very mm-hmm. rare that someone is gracious about someone being new to a game. Right. Um, it happens sometimes in Team Fortress Classic, or it happened rather in Team yeah. Fortress Classic long enough to where I got good enough to kind of hold my own and, you know, j- join my, my clan and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, when that, you know, I played Left 4 Dead for a little while online with strangers and I can't handle the, and I, these are things that maybe people were thinking back in the day, but just didn't take the time to type. I can't handle the, like, you know, no, it's smoker, boomer, spitter, not spitter, <laughs> boomer, charger. God, you know, like just that, like you're playing it wrong. Yeah. You know, you're an idiot. Like you can't, like you're, like, and I understand wanting to take it seriously or if the fun for you isn't winning, you know, that's fine, mm-hmm. but don't be an asshole about it because I'm clearly like new to this. Like I don't, you know, if I'm making those mistakes, I don't know yeah. better. Don't, and it's not your job to teach me, but what, what infrastructure is for that to like make that fun, mm-hmm. you know, or to make that work. And I don't think there is one. And I think that maybe when, when playing those kind of games were online was, were newer to all of us, like not mm-hmm. new, but newer to all of us. It was maybe a more exclusive group. Um, you know, maybe, uh, people knew that they would have to, you know, there weren't just, there just weren't as many people. So it's like, you'd have to, yeah. if someone came along who wanted to play, you know, and they didn't seem like an asshole, maybe it was worth kind of helping them out. I mean, it was equally as likely that I could have found just an awful group of people. And it might've just been by, 
by, by, by luck that I chose the right server and that I chose the right starting city and that I saw like, huh, League of Honor, that, so that, that seems like my kind of jam. Uh, you know, I'm playing a paladin and then ask them and they let me in. You know, there, there are multiple points that that could have wrong, could, could have gone wrong. Same thing with, you know, the same thing with the, uh, you know, the, the clan on TFC. Mm-hmm. Because they they were willing to like okay we'll let you be in on practices and we'll throw you in you'll play as engineer for a while but we'll train you up on soldier and and, and all of that and that has a lot to do with the games I think like like less so than like something that is strictly competitive nowadays so think like Call of Duty as the er example where anybody who is not as good is simply grist for the mill yes you know and there's a lot of o- OMG new you know bunch of other words that I'm not going to say because they're derogatory. Um, to various uh, uh, orientations and ethnic groups, um, you know, just like that, that whole grist for the milk kind of thing, where you being worse is advantageous to them. So you're just, you know, like you exist to be discouraged. And there's this constant underclass, you know, with EverQuest and with and with Team Fortress Classic, they both have classes, and mm-hmm. and, right. and and so like if you're not good at shooting, you can be an engineer. Right. If you're not good at like you know like managing your DPS. You can be a cleric or you can be, you know, a tank or something like that. Right. You know, like everybody, everybody serves their role and, you know, water kind of finds its level. It's not just the fact that it's, you know, it's the fact that there is that class thing. It's not just the fact that it's co-op because, uh, you know, if you look at something like Left 4 Dead or if you look like for something like Counter-Strike, which are co-op, it flips the, the, the lid on that. So people aren't happy that you're bad. And thus encourage you to be bad. They're furious that you're bad. Oh, so because you're so causing them to lose. So, so they're they're assholes because of that, you know. Yeah. And I, I guess this, this whole thing just sounds like me just going into a lot of uh, spilling a lot of words just to be like the internet hurt my feelings. <laughs> you know, it's not the no. case, but it's just I don't understand how it's fun and like why the the barrier to entry is so high. Whereas back in the day, it made sense and was great, yeah. you know, and just was this real magical time. Like I had a lot of fun. Uh, you know, in, in that clan and playing Team Fortress Classic, like it was the, you know, the closest I came to a perpetual game experience, you know, mm-hmm. that was just never going to end, was just going to be something I did like once a week. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, it didn't last forever, you know, but it, it lasted for a long time. And there are other factors too. Like I was unemployed at the time, so I had infinite time and, mm-hmm. you know, I, it, like it was easy for me to do that, but there's something has changed. I guess that's like, that's the thing that we lost when we talk about like a transient game experience there. I mean, we lost the people. And like, I still stay in touch with, with some of the people from that time, which is remarkable in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, we, 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 we lost to those specific interactions and now everything is, uh, what's, what's the Abe Simpson line? Uh, you know, it's like, and now every, uh, I, I used to be hip, but, but then what I, what, <laughs> what was hip yeah. became uncool and what was cool was new and scary to me. Yeah. And it'll happen to you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's just like one of those things where I think, I think everybody has that roving window where you, you latch on to a specific time and place with those people that you were with. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's all that I can um, attribute to you because these are, these are strictly online experiences. Right. You know, right. And, and because of that, um, you know, if, if it wasn't, if it's not just us, if it's things about it that change, it's unfortunate that that doesn't come about again. I mean, I'm, you're right when you're, there's probably some kid who's joining a wild guild right now and, and it's working for him. But I feel like the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Like it's something between luck. Like we both, you know, I could have ran into an asshole clan the same way that you could have run into an asshole guild. Um, but something is also different about the times, mm-hmm. which, which I, I definitely, uh, definitely kind of miss. But, but it's like, I mean, it's, it's weird again, going back to the age thing, you know, both of us, I mean, I was, I was, I was 14 and you, and you were, and you were what, like, like roughly 20? Like 20. Yeah. 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 So it's not like the age that we were at. I don't, I don't, I don't think, you know, no, straight, straight, the strictly. Age, 
But they were both around the same, not age of us, but the age of uh, like where games uh, were. Oh, okay. You know, like it was yeah, right around yeah. the same time. No, I, were happening. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to refute what you were saying, but like that, like that, that isn't. I mean, just by just by the fact that both of us had the shared experience when we were when we were you know roughly like an internet you know uh, you know time you know a generation apart. Right. You, right, you, right. You, you know, like like that's discounted as a factor, so it's not. Right. <laughs> so it wasn't that. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and, and when you, when you eventually watch it, I make a lot of fun EverQuest in that video, but I, I'm definitely coming to it as somebody who is not intended audience and kind of playing it as a lurk. Yeah. So don't, uh, don't take that too harshly. No, no, I, I won't. I mean, I, I, I what, completely what's the, recognize. Hilarious to me though, is I started like the newbie server, like it's free to play, you download it. I'm on the newbie, newbie server and there are a lot of people there who are in the training area. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who are these other people who don't, who aren't co-hosts on watch out for fireballs? <laughs> <laughs> playing playing EverQuest one in the in the RP server you know uh, newbie area. What the <laughs> fuck are you doing? You know, um, you know. But, our, but does the combat ever get more complicated than fucking Hidlide? Like you just go up to somebody and hit Q to to auto attack, and then you're just you are in attack status with them it until does. they die. It does. I mean, you get skills, and you know, j- just like with with modern with modern MMOs, it's about it's about managing your recharge times. Mm. More, more, more than anything else, and you know, there's, it there, there's... Needs to, man, that game needs to put more of that stuff on Front Street, though, because mm-hmm. initially it's ridiculous. Well, like when, going around and killing rats and and spiders in that cave, it was just like 3D highlight. Well, like, like what you what you're going through is 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 like is is like years, like like light years beyond like what I went through back in 2000. Was it like when you did it? Well, like when, did like, you... like when I did it, it like dropped me outside the city gates and said, "Here you go." Mm. Like it, there, there, there wasn't, uh, there, there, there wasn't a, spe- a specified newbie area. Like there, mm. there, there wasn't a place where it was like, okay, and here's where you learn how to, how to, how to attack. It was like it put you out, and if you hit, you know, the Q button without, without entering, you know, without hitting enter to type, you would attack your guild trainer, and you would lose faction with them, and they would be attack on sight. So you would have to move to a different city, <laughs> you know, and yeah. and like and like like so many things that are like graphical elements now. They were slash commands that you had to memorize, oh, you, you, you know. So, so like, I mean, it was a different time. I mean, this is this is like, you know, it's it's a it's a it was it was a mud, you know, a multi-user dungeon with a with a three D interface way back mm. then. I mean, this was this was even a couple of a couple of expansions deep. So, yeah. so, so, like, I mean, you, you were probably fighting like what's like 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 rats and fire beetles or something. But we were like doing that in a place where like level twenty monsters would be trained to the zone, and you would have your shit fucked up. And you couldn't go back for like thirty minutes until those things were cleared because like new people would zone in, and mm. and then and then they 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 would just like stay there, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that that's something else. Like just imagine imagining like the patience of, of going through that, mm-hmm. and that's something that's a way that we have changed, right? So like if I had come to EverQuest one, um, even the EverQuest one that you came to at the time that you did it, mm-hmm. I would maybe be singing a different tune, like. I definitely had more patience for arcane PC interfaces yeah. than, you know, I, I maybe like I would, if I had come to it at the same time, maybe I would be just as nostalgic for it, mm-hmm. you know, but I just, I came to, you know, MMOs relatively late right? and, uh, and, and just kind of didn't, it didn't work at all. But I mean, and I was never like an ultra high level, you know, MMO player. Like I, I wasn't like full-time rating or anything like that, but I played MMOs for a good like decade of my life. Mm. You know, from from EverQuest through to City of Heroes, and then into WoW. 
Mm. So, so like, I mean, I, I know that sounds kind of grim, but like, that's what I did. Grim. <laughs> <laughs> and those are years I'll never get back. I mean, I've yeah. never done like a, you can do like a slash play or slash played or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. And see how many days that you've spent. It's like, Yikes. oh God. Good night. <laughs> people, people my age have like two kids, <laughs> but it's like, you know, yeah. uh, yeah. Well, I'm. One thing that has gone away and one thing that has changed and, you know, like, you know, the, the people are the biggest part, but, you know, the, the, the experience of somebody who is new to EverQuest who like comes into it now, um, that, that they, that they are not getting that I got mm -hmm. was the size of the world. So like, if you go into it right now, um, you go through the newbie area and then it dumps you into the plane of knowledge. Now the plane okay. of knowledge is like the, 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 the central nexus of everything in the entire world. So there are these stones that you can walk up to and you can go to the troll home city. You can go to the dark elf home city, uh, the two human home cities, the elf home cities and all that kind of stuff. And you can get anywhere, you know, through this central kind of like portal location relatively quick. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I like started, um, you had to go to a boat and you had to get on this boat and you had to wait, you know, well, well, you know, if, if it just left, you have to wait 15 minutes for another one to come back. And they would get on the boat and it would zone you into a, a, an ocean area and it would, you know, take you to a different place and you would, you know, train different skills or whatever while you were waiting. And then you would get off and you were on this like whole new gigantic world, like this whole kind right. of places that like, I, you know, I had the, I had the, you know, the, 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 the player's guide or whatever. So I had like maps. But there was no in-game map, so I'd have to, like, reference and say, okay, there's that landmark. Now, if I walk down this path, okay, cool, yeah, I'm in this area. And just, that, like, that that sheer sense of scale and that sense, that, that sense of, like, not having any kind of bearing was what was so enchanting to me at that time. Well, you're also, that's something that, uh, when you first talked about, um, you know, being walking across the map and it taking that long, like, that's something that other people probably got from things like um, like Morrowind you know, or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Oblivion or something like, you know, other, other large games, or even like Daggerfall, if they're that, that old school. And, uh, the, uh, it's, I think that part of that was just, this would happen to be where you first came across it. Yeah. Like it maybe is not something about EverQuest, but just kind of the first time you came to it. Yeah. I mean, like it's, de it's definitely something that, you know, evolved in parallel to everything else, but the fact that there were other people running around and doing their own stuff and, you know, it's like uh, the thing about MMOs now, nowadays, anyway, um, again, falling back into Abe Simpson mode, um, is that they're so heavily instanced that like nothing that you do affects anything else that anybody else experiences in the world. So when you right. go to any like any any kind of like story relevant area or you do anything in a, in a story relevant way that is instanced. So only the people that you're with see that it only affects that. Whereas I remember like waiting in line to camp like this orc town in order to like farm them for this kind of thing. If somebody else was there and they wouldn't let you join them, you had to come back later, <laughs> you know, right, right. like, and if you walked like, if, if your, if your guild got to this, got to this dungeon and somebody hadn't gone onto the server message board that was unofficial, by the way, and said like, Hey, we're going to be raiding it at this time. And they found that like, you know, the, 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 the entrance was riddled with corpses. Like, Oh boy, somebody else is here. We've got to go do something else. You know, like it was like, it was all this shared place and these shared resources that like, they, I mean, yeah, they've stre they've streamlined the experience, but like that that, that all has gone away. Right, right. Yeah. So you really lost something there. Yeah, I remember that from when uh, my buddy Derek, who's uh, 
kind of like on topic, the only person I play online games with now, <laughs> and we just play, you know, one-on-one really. Um, he uh, got really into Ultima online. Mm-hmm. He was an Ultima fan, you know, leading up to it. And I was really excited to hear about that and the idea that there would be other people. Um, but I don't think it ever quite worked for him the same way it worked for you, where he made any connections with people or anything like that. Like, I think he had a couple of friends, but it wasn't, uh, he never joined a group or anything like that. It was mostly watching him, you know, hunt rabbits and then, you know, harvest flowers to make black dye to sell because, you know, Ultima Online is this weird cobbler simulator, really, <laughs> you know, or something, something like that. But I remember like being pretty enchanted with the idea of shared space as mm-hmm. well, um, which is not the same. You know, it's not not the same kind of thing, which is that's an interesting thing that is different as well that we kind of lost you. And you know, I liked the lore too. I mean, yeah, it was it was a poor man's you know D and D Tolkien. The the lore is awful, Cole. Like I know, I know (laughs) that, I know that. But the the, the names I was cracking, like the name of every person, continent, everything that they showed me was was ridiculous. Like came out of like a generator. I know that. Like, I okay. mean, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm fully aware. I mean, this was the same time I was reading, I was reading like, the Dragonlance Chronicles by, yeah, you know, like yeah, Weiss and Hickman. Yeah. I was reading R.A. Salvatore, like the Drist novels, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm, 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 si- I'm sitting on the stool at my, at my desk and I'm looking ahead of me and my monitor is sitting on Monster Manual 2, Mo- you know, Monster Manual 2, uh, Monster Manual 3, uh, 3.5, all that. But there's also the EverQuest, uh, pen and paper game, like Game Master's Guide. Um, and then my laptop itself is sitting on a bunch of other D&D books and the, and the EQ pen and paper player's handbook and the monster manual for that. The monsters mm. of NORAD, you know, like I, like I, 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 I dove into it full hog. Like the, like I was reading the dragon riders of Pern, of Pern at the time for God's sake. So like, right. the, like I was, I was like primed for that. Yeah. And yeah bottomless like a bottomless appetite for, for Krothnock and yeah. Like, know. like, like for like a bottomless appetite for superfluous wise, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, but so, so I mean, just, you know, again, time and time and place, you know, we can talk about that. Like we can talk about like, yeah, I matured out of this, but I can retain some kind of, you know, nostalgia for even recognizing how, you know, how absurd it is that one of their towns was Sony EQ spelled backwards. Right. right. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> he knows. Yeah. Well, so, I'm not trying to give you too harsh of a shit. No, no. I mean, I just, I mean, I just, did you, did they're have... just, I was, I was a little taken aback by how bad the generic fantasy names were mm-hmm. when I played it. It was definitely something I noticed. My, my character's name was something like Will Wham because <laughs> I just did like, yo, name me. And I'm a barbarian named Will Wham and my hair clips through my neck and I look like, uh, you know, I got huge titties for some reason. Like my pecs look like breasts <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's pretty goofy. Nice. I don't think it's Will Wham. But it's something very similar to Will Wham. Um, That's funny. Um, I mean, was, was was there anything else that you had to say about EverQuest? I mean, I could, I could gush about it, but really, this 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 was your this this no, was your no, I mean, watch the video. I make I make fun of it, and then I also uh, try to goof on some people and talk <laughs> to them because um, it's an RP server, but everybody ignores me. <laughs> so, so so that's yeah. really all really all it is. I try to get some people to team up with me to slay rats, and they won't do it. The, the idea of like role playing servers, those have gone away too. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was role playing preferred, and nobody was doing was speaking to each other. Yeah, so barbarians, yeah. man. Yeah, not 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 like little. I'm not being racist. Like no, actual, not, not racist against Wilhams. <laughs> um, you want to play our, our final voicemail for the show? Yeah, sure. All right, so let's uh, l- let's play a message from Sam, who left us a very kind voicemail. Hey, this is Sam from North Carolina. Uh, I'm just calling to say that it's been a great year. And um, one of the things that I really appreciate about the show is how well you guys keep each other on track, one, but also um, 
have, you know, very similar views, but sort of look at things from a different angle. And so there's like, there's common ground, but there's a, uh, some room for discussion in, in basically everything that you guys do. And uh, they, they got me to thinking, you know, like duos of, of um, radio personalities, like Radio Lab or something, I forgot what it's called. It. Um, and I was just sort of wondering, you know, like what, what drove you two to work together? And presumably you were friends or something, but it might be interesting to look back on, you know, what, what prompted the beginning of Watch Out for Fireballs and why the two of you and that sort of thing. Um, anyway, it's been a great year. I'm looking forward to more episodes and, and more of the community because it's really a great one. And uh, have a good one. Bye. Okay, Sam. Thank, thank you very much. Um, well, yeah, comparing us to the guys from Radio Lab is high, high praise. Um, <laughs> Unboundedly high. Podcast. <laughs> one of my favorite podcasts. Um, and if I, you know, I, I will never be as smart as one of those dudes. No, never. Uh, not that you're saying that I am. But the uh, yeah, those guys are are brilliant and uh, you know, kind of kind of heroes. Yeah. Um, and thank you very much. Yeah. Um, I guess we haven't really told the WAF story at all on the podcast. No, no, we haven't. No, so we uh, we could do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then on the second anniversary, I'll tell you about how my parents met. Um, <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll I'll start. So we were both, um, um, and still are, uh, members of the Something Awful uh, forums, and there was there was something of a, there was something of a movement in the comedy podcast thread, you know, about like people who did their own stuff. Um, I I started a uh, a podcasting thread yeah. in the in the uh, the creative convention mm-hmm. sub forum. Um, and then that got spun off into a workshop thread, right? Um, which caused so everyone posted their their shows, and then we would get feedback, and that's what caused me to listen to to Cole's show and shows and he I. Yes, uh, so I was listening to Dead Idea Valhalla and everything, and you know both of us were kind of like you know gamers. I, I picked that up from from a bunch of his stuff and him talking about playing adventure games. Uh, gosh, that, that that fucking brain camp episode, man. I don't I don't I don't know. <laughs> That that thing, um, just that 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 is that is a that's a treasure, is what that is. Put put my my best foot forward for the for the critique. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Cola uh, did um on there. So he he has two shows that he does uh, still does that are also on the network, which are uh, those damn Ross kids, um, which I listened to and liked. Um, but also uh, Stand by the Don't Tree and Riddle Me This, which was a game show or a show about games. And the way I remember it, and I'm not sure if this is how you remember it, mm-hmm. was me saying you should do an episode. Like if you do an episode about old games, you should have me on. Yeah. Because I would be, uh, I would be super into that. And mm-hmm. then you said, well, why don't we, like, why would you be interested in starting something? Yeah. I remember, I remember tweeting you at the DIV podcast, um, uh, Twitter account saying like, Hey, let's do this. Because like at the place that I was at in my life, um, to speak as selfishly as possible, you know, I was, I was subsisting on beer and ibuprofen, um, completely, <laughs> you know, li- living in, living in this awful house playing JRPGs. And I was playing Breath of Fire three. And I remember, yeah. I remembered your offer. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's do that. You know, like, yeah. hey, do you want, do you want to do a show about old games? Like I still have the DM. <laughs> you and know? Part, part of that was I, cause I remember hearing on, uh, uh, on, on Don't Tree, um, you're not that you don't have, like you play all kinds of games. And the people on the show, you know, that you do that show with also play, um, stuff, but you would oftentimes talk about, um, like old JRPGs and iOS games that mm-hmm. the other people on the show didn't really have a point of reference for. Right. It didn't seem like, like they weren't playing Breath of Fire 3. They weren't, you know, and I, and I've, I've played that, but I wouldn't, I don't want to do it for the show or anything. <laughs> not to break your heart or anything. Like maybe someday, but the, uh, um, that's not a specific, like Sans Tall of My Mythology, but other things I knew that you were into from the show, mm-hmm. um, or things that we had in common. 
So, uh, and I was ready to start something, you know, start a new thing because that was when the beginnings of kind of the end of, of that podcast, um, when that was starting to, to get more frustrating to me. So really this kind of came along, um, at a real, uh, opportune time for me in podcasting career. Like this, this thing having, you know, the kind of success it did was really encouraging to me and really, uh, you know, made me stick with it, mm-hmm. you know, stick with it as a, as a, you know, for not to sound pretentious, but as an art form right. or as like a form of expression, uh, form of media. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, the other, you know, the other things I've done and not done as well. And, uh, and which makes sense because they're, they're more, more personal and this is about games and it's about something that, you know, um, there's already kind of a built in tech savvy audience for this. And it's easy to describe, you know, and it's, it's, uh, and it's, it's, you know, I'm very proud of it. I think it's very good as well. Yeah. Um, so I just, I remember, you know, putting it together and just kind of trying it. So no, um, in answer to what you're saying, like we weren't friends before we started doing it. Like we right. knew each other, right? but we've kind of become friends over the course of the year. Like, like um, we, we respect, I mean, I, I respected you as a colleague, as somebody who was working in the same space that I was, and I was a huge fan of what you were doing. Right. And that, and that was mutual. Like we were both, I think mutual admirers were more, you know, it was closer to, to anything. Yeah. And, and it was, it was just, you know, that, that, that's, that's the great thing about, about, you know, podcasts and about this kind of bootstrapped democratized you know version of self-publishing or whatever kind of douchey way you want to say it you have a lot of opportunity to like seek out people that that you respect and what you you, you respect what they do and you think that they're you know working at you know a a, a, a level that, that that you're comfortable with and you can collaborate and i think that's mm-hmm. that's like the you know one of the most awesome things that's you know come out of this you know, let, let alone the people listening to it, but just that, you know, we, we, we kind of find each other and are working to, you know, towards something awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of, it's never been something that we've, we, I mean, we, we do discuss things about the show, but as far as I've, we've kind of naturally felt really simpatico about a lot of things. Like as far as like the work ethic or the, um, you know, the standard that we want to put things out to, like we were on, you know, on square one on the same page mm-hmm. with all of that, which was really cool because past collaborative things that I had experienced with are things like bands <laughs> where, you know, I have memories of like going to people's houses before shows and waking them up, you know, like when we were like, you know, one, you know, five minutes before we were supposed to go on, things like that. And and we were both just very, uh, very into doing, you know, putting out a show that we wanted to listen to and making it sound, you know, like one of the better shows, you know, that's out there. Like, I think that we both are not are not huge fans of game podcast in general. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that, I don't want to project that onto you if it's no, not. No, no, like I, I, only, I only listen to like, like three game podcasts. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, you know, there, and not to disparage anybody, you know, specifically, but there's a lot of them that I don't think are, are very good. And we wanted to fill a kind of a space, yeah. you know, that, that wasn't, wasn't filled. Um, I, on my own podcast, when I was announcing, um, that I wanted to do this one, I talked about the name. I don't think I've ever talked about the name on this show either. Have you have we done that? I I forget. I think we may have mentioned it in passing, but but like we can we can reveal that we can lift that up. Yeah, if it's if it's not, I mean, if I've already been gone over it, then uh, I apologize. But I think um, it's from the Wizard. So if you <laughs> if you've seen the Wizard, um, the uh, the Super Mario Brother three commercial uh, with Fred Savage, um, there's a part where they call the Nintendo tip line, um, and the Nintendo tip line. If and this is all from my memory. I haven't seen that movie in a while, but it's very <laughs> dramatic. Um, there's a, you know, a guy like the uh, older, like serious guy. And he's, he's really intensely talking to the phone and he's telling him his hint and his hint, he gives him is watch out for fireballs. 
Um, <laughs> which, like, one, like, don't pay, like, imagine any NES game with fireballs, and you're <laughs> which paying for someone to tell you to look out for them. <laughs> like, duh. You know, come on. Come on, dum-dum. Yeah. Um, but I just, I liked it as a turn of phrase. And then uh, when I was told, talking to Cole, and he was saying, yeah, then we could, you know, it'd be, a, you know, WFF, and we can call people, listen to it, waffles. And then <laughs> and that was all it took. <laughs> so, like, waffles. Tee-hee. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. exactly yeah no so so we 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 recorded that first episode for the uh for for the Mega Man x and we uh we we made our uh, i designed the mascot Mm -hmm. and uh and then uh, like the the scabbits didn't come till later uh second episode has a scabbit yeah second episode it came yeah it came second episode but it came pretty quick yeah (laughs) um with that so and i think that speaks to kind of our background like we both um you know, I did a lot of that kind of stuff on Dead Idea Valhalla, and Cole has, uh, you know, I think that that's something that you didn't do so much in your other shows, but something that you, you wanted to do, or interested in exploring that kind of, like, audio production writing kind of... I mean, like, I went, to, I, went to, I went to school for it, so, like, and, and I, I had done that at, like, jobs before, but I'd never, I'd never worked it into a podcast, so, like, the, like, the hunger was there to, like, do yeah. that, and to work it out yeah. that way, so... Yeah, always controversial skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> um but the uh but we like them yeah and the uh yeah and then it's kind of it's just it's kind of evolved so it's it's a uh, you know i really like the way that um you know cole and i have gotten more comfortable around each other um <laughs> and 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 no you know like you know in jokes have developed exactly the same way that like they wouldn't like a friendship and everything mm-hmm. so it's it's you know it's been it's been immensely satisfying it's been a very satisfying uh creative partnership yeah for me and we're just so happy that you're paying attention to this and that you're, and that you're contributing and that you're playing along and, you know, this, this, this kind of, you know, sh- shared, you know, introspection towards games that we've either played before or haven't played before, you know, this kind of, the, this kind of, uh, thing that we all are going through and have gone through. Right. Right. Just the, the response has been, been incredible. Um, you know, I appreciate it so much. Yeah, and uh it's just it's it's awesome so and we i mean we say that every episode and <laughs> i you know it will always be true yeah. like i i don't i can't imagine this the novelty of that ever wearing off for me or becoming blasé where i'm just kind of like oh you know like hundreds of people listen to this thing i do yeah, you know I, I think that's always going to be the coolest thing in the world <laughs> for me you know which is uh and i wouldn't i once i'm i'm dead to that you know something <laughs> else something has gone wrong exactly so <laughs> the uh <laughs> Um, so yeah, just, uh, you know, again, and the big point of this kind of like anniversary thing, other than just kind of do some grab bag stuff, uh, was also just kind of celebrate it, you know, not yeah. just to pat ourselves on the back, but to say thanks. Yeah. And to, and to say that there's a bunch more coming. I mean, we're, we're, we're shooting higher as far as, as far as things that we're planning to do. I mean, we're bringing video into this, um, you, you know, and we're, and we're, and we're getting our sea legs as far as that goes. Um, we're doing bigger games, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and so we're taking on bigger challenges and, you know, going after more sacred cows and, yeah. uh, just, uh, just, just, just in general trying to, uh, you know, trying, trying to up it and always, and always keep moving and just, you know, staying hungry and going after more interesting challenges. Yeah. I wanted to, uh, take this opportunity. We'll, we'll go into the general housekeeping stuff here in a moment. Um, but to thank just a couple people, um, you know, who have been big supporters of the show right. kind of historically. Um, and we have, I'm going to put it on the Facebook page because it's very long rather than reading it. But Cezone, um, who has, who has written us, you know, uh, really thoughtful responses, all the games we've done has, has written us a kind of a, a nice anniversary post and about some of the games we're talking about. 
And I want to put that on the Facebook page because it's very long, but it's very good as mm-hmm. well. I want to thank him for being, uh, you know, a, 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 you know, frequent contributor. Um, Will, who we played a voicemail from, uh, we really appreciate that. Um, yeah. Yala Prendes, um, I, I always, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that, but she was an earlier, <laughs> so early, very early supporter of the show. Yeah. Um, you know, sent uh, me some fan art and everything. Mm-hmm. She's a lovely human being, and uh, I you know, really appreciate her listening to the show as well. Um, yeah, pretty much, pretty much everybody from the. So yeah, I mean, like everybody from the, you know, from the something awful thread, but like specifically, you know, Gloom Mouse, who now is like a cat anime, anime as hell, who is who is uh, tolerated uh, with 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 much grace. Are the, the the fact that we're trying to make a meme <laughs> out of him or her? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> out of his response to Klonoa. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's also like Magambo and there's Al. Yeah, Al. <laughs> Mir Nuker. Uh, just uh, so many great people. Chris Remo. Pleasure of meeting at PAX. Who's yeah. a who's a super nice guy. Um, you know, lots of people on the on the Facebook great on the group, which we you know we're always you know commenting on how they have amazing names like Murph Murphy, uh, <laughs> Vivian Pavoom, um, the uh, uh, um, Kim Persvold uh, responds mm-hmm. a lot. She's been really supportive. Um, Tyler Crumrine. Tyler uh, Crumrine. Oh, yeah, a lovely. Like- like a like a superhuman being over at the ninjas versus podcast uh podcast um just uh doing a lot to help uh, promote us you know cross promote you know goon goon podcast solidarity mm-hmm. you know yeah just you know, so many everybody who's who's on there everybody who's taking the time we really appreciate it K- kind of similar to that also goon podcast kind of stuff uh you know zach i believe zach and kevin um i'm, I'm so sorry i think it's more kevin yeah kevin from uh video games hot dog but that whole crew um they've they've been good to us as well so yeah yeah, and also do one of the the few podcast like gaming podcasts we're not going to you know can can like we actually do like. Yeah, we will never so. malign you. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, and also and also the, the the guys over at Dork Knight, I know they've they've given us points. So yeah, yeah, and it's 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 all like you super appreciate it. So you know, thank you very much. If we if we didn't give you give you a call out, um, you know, it's not a, a crime of omission. Um, it is just a, a you know a time constraint thing, but it doesn't mean we don't appreciate it. We hope that you continue to respond and continue to because one of my favorite parts of the show is this this conversation, the listener responses, and everything. So please keep continue. So um, now that we're done um, asking everybody's D, uh, do we want to go into the general housekeeping stuff? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So um, if you would like to respond to us um, on any of the games that we're going after, um, I guess first we should say what, what we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks, right? Yes. So um, there's a, a small chance of a, a shakeup in our schedule. There's something that may happen that will be really cool, <laughs> but I don't want to talk about it until I know a little bit more. You don't so want to scare it away. I don't want to, I don't want to scare it away. If it happens... It will be a, a dream come true. It is a very cool <laughs> thing. If it doesn't, I don't want uh, everyone to think I was making it up. Right. So um, just be be. This is just my long way of saying uh, that our uh, you know our schedule might shuffle. So if you're playing along with any of these things, if all of a sudden we say ah we're not going to do this game now, it's going to be for a great reason. Yes, and then you'll hear that. But if everything and if we do bump something, it will just be bumped by like at most two weeks. So. Yeah, yeah, we just might have to insert something cool in the in the middle of this um, and shunt everything else back. But if everything goes according to plan, the next game we're playing is Tumba. Tumba! Uh, PlayStation 1, uh, PlayStation Network, PSN Store. 
uh, whatever you want to play that on. Yep. It is a, a platformer. costs uh, $9.99. Um, I have not started it yet. I need to get on that. I've just been PAX busy. Can I, can, um, can but, I say something? Yeah. It's as delightful as I remembered it being. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it, Would you say it's? I want it to be twice as delightful as Klonoa? Yes. Is it twice? Okay. Yeah. That's all I wanted. <laughs> if it was twice as good as Klonoa... <laughs> We've talked a lot of shit about Klonoa for no reason in this episode, <laughs> um, which uh, Klonoa is fine. Yeah. But the uh, I want it to be better than fine, and I'm glad yeah. it is delightful. Yep. I mean, I can't guarantee. You know, there's there, there there's always yeah. you know. sure yeah. subjectiveness, and it could fall apart at the end. Yeah. It turns out that he's dead, and he has sex with a woman, and then uh, <laughs> spoilers for a different game. Yep. Um, so the, the uh, I don't think that's going to happen to my Tumba though. No, no. no. So. So next, so, yeah, Tumba would be the next one. Yep. And then after that, uh, for early October, we're going to be playing Gabriel Knight, which is mm-hmm. available on GOG.com, which, uh, costs like six bucks. It is a Sierra adventure game that is known for its, uh, kind of humor, um, and also its seriousness, humor and seriousness at the same time. Um, yeah. It, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it is funny. It's not, uh, it's, it's not funny like Monkey Island is funny. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's uh, it's it's a little um a little less silly than that, but it's a very good adventure game. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to revisiting that. Mm-hmm. After that we'll be playing Metal Gear Solid, which is available on the PlayStation, uh PlayStation Network, uh Metal Gear HD collection, I believe. Any number of things. It is um, not you... in the HD collection. Oh, it's not? No. Ah, it seems really unfortunate. I know, right? I'm sure I'm the first person <laughs> on the internet to say that. <laughs> but the uh the uh it's it's available around. Yeah. You can get around. Um, this is a, uh, kind of revolutionary stealth action game for the PlayStation. Um, and kind of the, the, you know, uh, really started this mega juggernaut franchise yeah. that continues on to this day. Mm-hmm. Increasingly confusing and, and crazy, but also yeah. good. Yeah. And this is like the one entry that stands alone by itself mm-hmm. without any reference to other stuff in the series. Like Metal Gear Solid 3 kind of like shares that distinction just a little bit, but you enjoy it more if you played the others. So, right. So, yeah. No, it's 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 fantastic. I mean, it's a big game. It's kind of, I think it's probably the most AAA game that we've played, like AAA in the modern sense of like, you know, like duh, like you. Of course, you're going to talk about that kind of thing. Yeah. More, more so than like Final Fantasy VI or whatever. But, um, but I think it's it's definitely worthwhile. I'm being defensive when I when I don't have to be. Um, yeah. but more so than Bloodlines. <laughs> um. <laughs> and then what are we doing after? Oh, I can say that. I can say it. Um, I, I was going to defer to you because it's your favorite game of all time. After that, oh, we're, yeah. doing, we're, we're doing we're we're doing a two part episode on Fallout. Yes, yes. Uh, which yes. you can get on GOG again for six dollars. Oh, I believe. Say it again. What's that? What are we doing after that? Fallout. What? Mm? Fallout. Mm, Fallout. Sorry. I just like saying it. I just okay. I just want to hear you say it. Okay. I I want to say it. I don't know if I'm comfortable being part of this. Say it slower, <laughs> and while licking your lips audibly. Uh, yeah. Fallout. Fallout. Um, I'm I'm super excited to be playing Fallout. This, you know, many times, many years of my life has been my favorite game of all time. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, something comes around. I'm like, oh, I love this, and then uh, I always come back. Um, I am so looking forward to. And you have not beaten this. Um, I've only played like the first ten minutes of it. Yeah. So this, I am so happy to to. This is a, a good couple episodes of me plugging up holes in your your gaming <laughs> work because and Gabriel Knight, you know that. You really should have played that, like being a adventure game fan <laughs> that know, you are. Right? Fallout is fantastic, but I don't know if it's quite as up your your alley. Um, but it's so good, yeah, so good. I'm going to be doing, and I haven't. I don't think I've talked about this show. I'm going to be doing a pacifist run, 
on this oh, game. Really? Kind of just to prove that it can be done. And similar to the same thing we did with Torment, where we kind of try to play as different, the same game through different angles. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to do, and I've done it before. Um, I played through Fallout every couple of years, but uh, I, it's been a little while since I've done a pacifist run. Okay. So I actually did that the first time I found out you could. So in like 2003, so I saw someone online, so they did one, and I was like, I that was the first time I reinstalled it to play it. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, I can play this whole game without killing anyone? That's amazing. You know, and and, uh, and got in on it, so. But yeah, if you were a fan of the of the Planescape episode, um, or even um, to, a, to a smaller extent, the, uh, the Vampire um, episode, as, as far as like uh, CRPGs that Gary has played more of than Cole, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's your very narrow uh, criteria for liking <laughs> exactly yeah. um then this is going to be right up your alley yeah, <laughs> yeah. and i and i trust that uh trust that you will be into it i will say yeah. that it is not um it's a lot more streamlined than torment i don't think it quite gets as much emotional heft mm-hmm. as torment but it's not as long and the combat is excellent yeah I, so i think it might go down a little easier i'm i'm enough of a fan of the of the of the setting to mm-hmm. to 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 be invested in it more so than 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 I would be otherwise. Not that right. I wasn't invested in the play in Planescape. I was very invested in Planescape, so right? Actually, um, but uh, but yeah, that's I, I think I'm going to be very. I'm poised to like it, so yeah. really, it only has to lose at this point. Yep, and then that's going to bring us through November, um, and that's all we're going to announce for now, probably for the next couple episodes, because that's getting yeah. very ahead of ourselves. Unless we have that super surprise announcement, yep, um, that hopefully will come up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, until then, um, how can people get a hold of us to suggest games and in general get in touch with us? Cool. Do all of that rigmarole. Yes. Well, first and foremost, what we really like, um, as you saw in this, in this episode, and what we'd really like to see more of, um, is voicemails. So you can yeah. call us, um, at 419, um, 834 WOFF. Um, the number is not toll free. However, the podcast is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I recognize that we have an awful lot of international fans, which, uh, you, you know, that, that precludes you from, uh, from, from calling a long distance number like that. Um, but, uh, but if you're able to, and if you have the means, um, that is, we, we, we really like to hear your voices. If, um, if you, if it is long distance, you could also, um, record an MP3 and send it to us as well. Yes. Um, and Tyler can, has done that before and, uh, that works just fine. Yeah. I mean, every laptop has a, has a microphone in the. Um, in, in the keyboard now. So you, you don't have to have like pro recording equipment like we do. Um, so that's, that's perfectly fine. And you can send those to watch out for fireballs at, um, duckfeed.tv. Or if you just want to send us a plain old email, um, the easiest way to do that is, uh, um, you know, on the website, there's the, the WAF site, um, you know, just the duckfeed.tv slash watch out for fireballs and the slash contact page as well. Uh, we try and make it as easy as possible for you to reach out to us. Um, mm-hmm. there's also, can you tell them about the, the Facebook, Gary? Yeah. Um, find us on Facebook, search, uh, watch out for fireballs on Facebook. Um, the group is growing and continues to do so. Um, we do a lot of kinds of discussion topics on there. Um, <laughs> I posted some fun pictures from PAX, yep. um, me with some, some industry legends. Um, <laughs> so very, uh, pleasant people, uh, for you to meet and, uh, you know, wait, the, if we end up making this crazy announcement, that'll be the first place it'll be. Yep. So uh, <laughs> if you want to hear what this thing I'm being all dodgy about is, yeah. uh, if you're at all eager, join us on Facebook. Yeah. Um, the other big thing you can do is rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah. Um, that helps us out a lot and gets people to the show. And uh, let your friends know about it if you think that they would like it. Yeah. Um, 
you know, we appreciate that. And that's the only way we can really grow. Yeah. So um, I, I think that's about it. I mean, that's, that's all uh, the stuff. One other thing is if you, if you live in the Pacific Northwest, oh, yeah, uh, we yeah. will be at the Portland retro gaming expo, both of us face to face first time dun 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 like what <laughs> dun, dun, sparks dun. will fly as cole and gary meet each other in real life for the first time are we as tall as we think we are let's find out <laughs> at the portland retro video game expo <laughs> at the end of september um the exact yeah. dates of that are the 27th through the 30th i believe yep 27th oh. through the 30th and we will be playing at our table uh super mario world yes so if you are in the pacific northwest come to the convention Hang out with us for a little bit. Play a level of Super Mario World as we go through it all together and uh, as, a, as a group. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And if you're interested in, uh, in hearing more of our voices and seeing the games that we're playing, you can check out our YouTube channel. Just do a search for Watch Out for Fireballs or go to YouTube.com slash Watch Out for Fireballs. I put up a studio tour of, uh, of, of, mm-hmm. my, of my recording premises. Um, so that's, that's a little interesting peek behind the curtain. There's also tons of fun Let's Plays, and we're going to try and put more stuff up there. As, uh, as we continue. Yeah. I, I, I'm planning on doing a studio tour, which will really just be like a, a, a camera picture of my computer. Um, <laughs> once my, once my house is in order to any degree, I put off cleaning entirely in preparation for packs as I was like, getting ready and had stuff I needed to do before I left. And, uh, my apartment is slovenly and we would lose fans if I get one of those now. So the, uh, I do not want anyone to see how I live. And, I, but eventually I'll put one of those up. I probably won't be any video content of Tumba. Um, up on there, but, um, you know, I might put it every once in a while. If we just randomly feel like pulling out a game, we might throw it on up there. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. and, and if you want to suggest something on the, on the Facebook page, something that can easily be emulated, um, then we would be happy to, you know, do a let's play of it. Uh, the yeah. That's, that's a great idea. If there's some game that you're just kind of like, Hey, what do you guys think about this? And yeah. we're probably not going to do an episode about it. Yeah. You know, something like, Hey, Legacy of the Wizard. And it's like, ah, I don't yeah. really feel like beating Legacy of the Wizard, but I'll play it for 10 minutes and, and talk about it for a little bit. Well, That's a great idea. So if yeah. there's anything like that, please let us know. Yeah. Legend of the Mystical Ninja. Why not? Yeah. So, yeah. so, <laughs> so, so yeah, if you think of that, we'll, 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 you'll see this on Facebook before the, before the episode comes out, but we would love to see that as a, as kind of impetus for us to do more of this video stuff. And I think that's probably about it. Yeah. That's about it. We've, we have talked your ear off enough. Yeah. So hopefully, <laughs> um, you know, Hopefully, uh, you know, here's to another another year. Here's to and, another year. Uh, yeah, and thanks, Cole. Thank for, you, Gary, for you know working on this with me and and uh, you know being my uh, partner on this whole thing and, yeah. and everything. Not to get too creepy and romantic, but no. it's our paper anniversary. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, here's to many more years of watching out for fireballs. Say what you want about my old house, like where I was living when I was on my beer and ibuprofen thank, diet. Thank you. Thank you for, for giving me permission to say as I went out to your old house, no, finally. No, I mean, cool. it was... I've been holding this in for months. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it was a piece of shit on Shit Hill in Shitton, Shit County. It was shit an state a- USA. <laughs> it- <laughs>